Well, 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 we are back and it is finally draft day. The Irish Bear Show, we are here. Anthony, you're with me again. This is every single day this week. We have some other fans here. We have Noel, who also is a Bears fan. We have Dara, who is a Seahawks fan. And Fionn, I believe you are a Chiefs fan, am I right? No, a Washington fan. A Washington so a little bit less successful. Okay, so you also, you also need a, a quarterback. So this is going to be a really interesting draft <laughs> for both your team and our team. How are you doing today, Fionn? Yeah, I did pretty good. I'm really excited. I don't know if I'm going to last long enough to see the Washington pick. I think it's probably going to be about 3 o'clock in the morning by the time we get down there. We might get a really exciting trade-up. Uh, it is floated around in some of the mock drafts, so that'll be really cool to see. But, yeah, we'll wait and see. I don't know if I agree with your assessment that we need a quarterback. We do have Fitzmagic, uh, which really bothers the... Uh, Giants fan that we have on our podcast uh, <laughs> because he really, he really, lo- he really loved him while he was playing for all the other teams. And since he came to Washington, obviously he can't like him anymore. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Anyway, it's going to be good well, fun. Well, I hope your GM has the same assessment that you do that you don't need a quarterback because <laughs> that's better for us Bear fans. Anyway, <laughs> as okay, I'll, I'll go to you, Tara, as the unbiased person in the room, because again, you are a Seahawks fan that only have three picks in this draft, so you can actually sit back, enjoy the craziness of this first round. How are you feeling when it is now draft day? You know, I'm fe- like like you said, I'm feeling relaxed. I'm feeling quite good. Um, it is a kind of rare occurrence, but also not kind of that rare because anytime Seattle are in the first round, they always look to trade down. So it. They, they never really have a first-round pick, and whenever they do, they sort of mess it up. Like, case in point, you know, Rashad Penny. But, you know, it just I, – I, that's it. I get to sit back tonight. I get to relax, you know. If there's a meltdown or two, I get to enjoy it, you know. <laughs> um, and also, like the, we said before we went on air, there's only one pick I'm worried about tonight, and that is the 49ers pick. So I'm hoping that they go with Mac Jones. So that would keep everybody, every other fan in the NFC East very happy for another couple of years. Yeah, it's an interesting one, guys. Make sure that you do subscribe to our YouTube page because, again, we will be live throughout the draft. We'll be back tomorrow as well. We'll have reviews of all the craziness that's going to happen tonight. Anthony, it's great to have you back with me again. We've been talking about a lot of this kind of stuff, and we kind of expected to come on do our normal thing, talk about Justin Fields, but then all this Aaron Rodgers craziness starts. How were you reacting when you saw this kind of break about, what was it, two hours ago now, and it's just been insane ever since? Actually, hilarious is my first reaction. Um, like I couldn't even say Aaron Rodgers' name before. Now, do you know what? He's turned into a little bit of a legend if he goes and does what he has to do. Um, maybe that's gone too far. Dara, I've got one thing to pick, and you know, you might be very busy tonight if uh, if Ryan Pace picks up the phone and gives your GM a quick call there to see if there's <laughs> any interest. You know, you know if if uh, if Aaron wants to do it, you know that Russ might what, get a bit of itchy feet. They might feel, you know, Chicago's a nice place to live now, especially that Rogers isn't around. Yeah, it's not. It's not a bad show, and you know there was times over this off season that I was expecting to wake up the next day and see Seattle have traded Russell Wilson to dot dot dot. It was either going to be the Bears or the Jets, I, I believe. I know he gave he gave a list, didn't he? It was like the Saints, the uh, Raiders, the Bears, some other team in that as well. I can't remember, but 
Yeah, look, I, I doubt it's going to happen because I think uh, Carroll and John Snyder gave a press conference yesterday and they just talked about it for the whole time saying, oh, we, we have the best relationship ever. We, we're doing better than ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Let's, let's, let's uh, wait until the middle of the seasons to see if the uh, relationship is still good. Didn't two yeah. hours, 15 minutes ago, Green Bay Packers GM say the exact same thing? This is true. <laughs> Literally, like, he's going nowhere. He's 100% our, our, our QB. And I think that made Rodgers go, actually, I'm not going anywhere. I'm out of there. I'm already in San Francisco. Yeah, look, it's 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 just throwing everything. Because now, uh, Karen, if what happens, we think happens, and let's say Green Bay go to three, what do Green Bay do? And we were always thinking that... Or now it's going to pick Mac Jones and it's going to make it a little bit more interesting for, for the Bears and for Washington as well, for, for Fionn. But I think it'll be it'll be really interesting what, what Green Bay do now. If that did happen, I guess my question would be, and I'll bring this to you now, is let's say this crazy trade does happen and Aaron Rodgers goes there. I guess the problem is they don't really have a lot of other draft picks to be given because they've already traded them all away. Well, Green Bay just spent the first round pick last year on Jordan Love. So do they actually go quarterback if they did get up to three or would they actually go for players? Like we've been mentioning Anthony at the top of the draft, like Kyle Pitts and get in there ahead of Atlanta. So I, I don't think it's going to happen, but look, no, how crazy would it be if we do see at some point over the next couple of hours that Aaron Rodgers does actually move it's probably going to be difficult to see, but I'd say that there'll be three very happy Bears fans in this chat room. <laughs> Absolutely. No, look, I was so excited about this draft just from the quarterback's perspective anyway. And then this went and happened today and it's just boom, everything. Um, I mean, this could be a master stroke by the 49ers. This was their plan all along. Get up the tree and then attempt Green Bay and, and get Aaron Rodgers a bit unsettled. Um, in terms of Green Bay, if it happens, which I, I probably don't see it happening, but who knows? But if it does, I mean, I, I don't know what they think of love, but I, I don't know if they can go quarterback again in the first round. Maybe something like a Kyle Pitts who is a, you know, a big body there to, to give love a kind of a security blanket to throw the ball to. I mean, another quarterback would be in the first round in two years would be strange. Yeah, I don't think we go that way. Yeah, it'd be kind of crazy to actually happen. Look, I guess I'll, I'll come to you on this, Fionn, in, in terms of if Rodgers was kind of on the market. Let's say it doesn't happen today for mm-hmm. for the draft. The heat is just going to go up, I think, even more if Rodgers is adamant of not playing. So what teams do you think actually would be involved in a trade? Because it's difficult to, to consider. Like, the first thing that I think of is he probably wants to be more on the West Coast. He wants to be in, like, let's just say he doesn't want to go from one tundra in Green Bay, in Green Bay to another. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, he's not going to go. There's some teams he can rule out straight away. I don't think the Buccaneers would take him, given they have Tom Brady. I don't think the Bills, <laughs> the, the Bills would take him. There's the a couple Chiefs. of those star, <laughs> the star quarterbacks. Yeah, we can write them off. I mean, it really gets interesting once if we if we say that 49ers don't go from who else really has the capital to go and get him i mean would he play for bill belichick in new england that would be really interesting to see bill belichick go and build another dynasty for the next 5 6 years and and aaron rodgers i think at this point just wants super bowl rings i don't think he's happy with is it only one he's got or did he sneak a second one in there while just it was one. One? just, just one. one so 
So, I mean, I could see him. Personally, I think, from my point of view, it looks like the Three Bears fans are getting very, very excited. But as far as I'm concerned, Aaron Rodgers does this every year, right? He just did it yeah. one day early. He just did it one day early this year compared to last year where he was whinging after they drafted Jordan Love. So, I, on my end, I'm not going to hold my breath too much and see if he moves. I think he's going to try and get a, a coordinator fired here or a guy hired over there, and that'll that'll calm him down a little bit until next season's draft comes up. Yeah, Dara, I think the one thing that kind of came up when I heard this initially, for me, it felt like this is Aaron Rodgers telling his GM, I want a wide receiver or I want a tight end in this first round. I want more weapons. And if you don't give me what I want this year, like you didn't give me what I want last year, I'm out. Yeah. Um, it is interesting that he, he said, like, with that, because... He, he does have a lot of weapons. He has the best wide receiver in the game there anyway. He has a great red zone threat tight end in Robert Tonyan there. He has a great O-line, a, a, a class 1A, you could say, running back in Aaron Jones. So, like, he has a lot there. Um, I'm not sure what else he wants. Like, he's gone 26-6 and six in the last two years under Mike LaFleur. Both seasons, one game away from the Super Bowl. I don't know what more he needs. You know, at the end, like the game last season, they went for the the field goal instead of going for it on fourth and whatever. I think it was fourth and five or whatever they were in. You know, but he had a chance the very play beforehand to run in to the goal line, but unopposed, but he ended up throwing it instead. So I think at a certain stage, Aaron Rodgers has got to look in the mirror and say, maybe it's not all the team. Maybe I've got to change my attitude a little bit. Now, he's 35, 36 years old. I doubt that's going to happen now. But I don't think it's all Green Bay's fault. And I, I, like maybe some of it is, but I think a larger proportion is maybe Aaron Rodgers expecting too much. Yeah, it is an interesting one there, Anthony, because we hear it all the time as Bears fans. And I, I guess one thing that we, we never feel bad for them, considering they always seem to get enough to end up winning the division anyway. So I guess... While this may not be Aaron Rodgers leaving, this could be the beginning of the end because the one thing that I was looking at a bit earlier, a couple of the guys from PFF started tweeting about this and they started mentioning that in terms of for, the end, for next year that Green Bay will have one of the lowest cap space in the NFL, that they're going to have a lot of their key players that are coming into the last year of their deal if Aaron Rodgers possibly not going to want to continue on after this year, if he will play this year in, in Green Bay. So are we starting to see that there is that time starting to turn? And maybe is this the chance for Minnesota, Detroit and Chicago to try and think of this season as you need to build on because in maybe two or three years time, Aaron Rodgers is no longer in Green Bay. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think Green Bay... I think this is another example of, of Aaron Rodgers trying to get what he wants and, and desperately trying to do it. And I think he feels he's only a couple of players maybe away from getting that ring and he's getting a bit maybe angry that he's seen and listened to what they're actually going to go after. And it's not what he agrees with. Um, from a Chicago perspective, wouldn't it be great if we had a Hallis Hall in nice, calm, relaxed mood going into a draft with this in the front, in the front cover? Unfortunately, we don't. We don't have anything close to that. We've got our GM and our head coach who are potentially in last chance saloon conversations. 
wouldn't it be great if we were able to sit there and go, actually, do you know what? This actually means we either go all out and get our QB or we actually look at getting the roster ready for two years' time because that's when Green Bay will be falling apart. That looks like what potentially could be happening in Minnesota and Detroit if Detroit do what they're meant to be doing, which is going on a full rebuild. It's not happening in Chicago. And that, again, is another example of a potential missed opportunity even two years out. Yeah, no, I'm going to bring you in for this. The one thing that that kind of went through my mind when I saw this happening, even if Rodgers isn't gone, let's say this year or next year, but then afterwards, it makes me think that this is more of a reason why Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, and the rest of the Bears staff actually need to be more aggressive in this particular draft and get your quarterback. Because, look, he's, whoever they do draft it, because they will draft the quarterback at some point in the draft, won't be playing this season. They will. The plan would be to have them as the backup, so that it gets them to learn. Very similar to kind of what Patrick Mahomes went through in in Kansas City. So, do you think with everything that's going on that we've seen outside that this is actually a time that the Bears actually have to be very aggressive in round one and try and get into that top ten and get their quarterback? Yeah, no, I I do. I really think it is. Um, it's time to make that move because for too long we've been looking up the road at Green Bay, you know, being settled at the quarterback situation and, and you look at the success they've had from it, whereas we've gone from quarterback to quarterback and, and it shows. So I think, as Anthony said, in the next year or two, this could be Green Bay kind of crumbling a bit. And I mean, Pace and, and Nagy should be looking at that and saying, right, let's let's switch it now. Let's, let us try and get a bit of a, you know, solidified quarterback position and have that going for the future and, and start to kind of threaten Green Bay again. So I do. I, I mean, I've, I've seen a few different theories on it. Some people saying we should be trading back and building out a bit more. Some people saying sit where you are and take it. But I, I, I personally go for the, look, we need a quarterback. There are a number of them up there. I mean, hopefully one or two slide enough for us to be able to get up and get them. And, and I think we need to, to make that move to go up there and get them, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one, and I saw this one from Keith here. So I saw a few mock shown Bears drafting Davis Mills at Stanford in round two or round three. I'm going to bring you into this one, Fionn, because you'd be in a, a similar situation in terms of there's no guaranteed answer at the quarterback position. Yep. Do, you, do you force it now in terms of these top five guys or do you wait and go for one of these second-tier guys? Or is it that you accumulate picks and maybe have to do it next season, depending on what you expect kind of your record maybe to be? So let's say as, as a Washington fan, what are you yeah. hoping that the team does in terms of trying to fix kind of a, as a long-term answer for your quarterback position? So I'm all about being aggressive. I think that's a good decision to make. It's There's a reason the quarterback is the most important uh, position on the on the football team. It's where they get paid the most money. But I think you only be aggressive. We talked about this on our show. If you think that, like, we can write off probably the first two guys now at this point in uh, in Lawrence and Wilson, right? They're, they're almost guaranteed to go. So if yeah. you think any of those next three guys that everyone considers the top five, if you really think they're your franchise guy and you have them ranked really high on your draft board, go and get them 100%. If there's any niggle to it, I would not. I think you can wait until next year, both the Bears and Washington, because 
I think he can take a later round quarterback in these rounds. Like there's there's plenty of quarterbacks that have come out of these later rounds, and and these first round guys aren't guaranteed. They have a lot of the skills and the talents that you want, but they're not guaranteed things. So I have no problem breaking the bank if you really think he's the best quarterback you've seen for the last five years. There's a good chance he'll be the best quarterback you see for the next five years. But if he's only kind of in that middle of the pack, I mean. Even if you make a complete mess of it, there's going to be a middle-of-the-pack guy available next year as well. I know every year is the year for quarterbacks, and it seems to be by the time we get around to the next one, oh, now this crop is the best crop we've seen for ages. So there's always at least three guys, in my opinion, in every quarterback pool that's worth going to get. So I wouldn't be in a rush to go big and get one, but if you really rank this guy in terms of the long term over maybe three years or five years, like I said, in the past and projecting into the future, then go and get them. If not, bide your time. I don't think you have to go crazy to get them. But I like. I, I also like the aggressive move of, yes, absolutely, if he's your guy, make your move. Yeah, it's an interesting one because, look, Dara, your, your team is an example of a team that did wait until kind of the – it was the third round for Russell Wilson. And often it's when there's one trait that a team doesn't think translates to the NFL, but actually does. And for Wilson, it was just a size, really, because a lot of people were surprised he fell so far because you, you saw him throughout his collegiate career and he was a very good quarterback, especially when he went to Wisconsin. In terms of, in terms of this particular draft, do you see something – while it's not the same level, but when you see – someone like Justin Fields that at the start of the kind of the season anyway, it was Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And now we've gotten to the end where we're seeing, okay, Zach Wilson had a phenomenal season for BYU. So the Jets are going to take him. But then you see all this talk between Trey Lance and Mac Jones. Trey Lance only plays one game this season. Last season, he was phenomenal for North Dakota State. But you see Mac Jones and... You see kind of the talent that was around him. He hasn't played that much football, which is one thing that I think is very is surprising when people knock Trey Lance, they knock Davis Mills because they haven't played a lot of football. But then they'll, they'll talk a lot about Mac Jones, who in his own right has only played, what is it, 14 games in college as well. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and Wilson as well has only played one season too. And these guys are getting... Um, mocked obviously so high in the draft, and it, it is it is it is strange. And if you look at even the last few years, the likes of some quarterbacks that were mocked so high and were taken high that haven't worked out. You're looking at like a Josh Rosen, but if you look at other ones like Josh Allen was taken in the middle of the first round. Uh, Lamar Jackson was taken at the end, like the end of the first round, and these guys are the ones that are. Uh, these guys are the ones that are actually doing so well in the league at the moment. And I think that's one thing. Is this, this is why like mock drafts and the draft itself system is not a guarantee for success if you have the number one pick in Trevor Lawrence. Now, obviously, everyone is saying that he's going to be an Andrew Luck-style like, great player, which they do. It does happen. But if you look, we're talking about the Mac Jones and, and the... Zach Wilson types as well, like because th- th- they're going second and probably third overall, doesn't mean that it's a guarantee for success. Justin Fields is dropping, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to be a success in the league. It's also all about where you end up too, because if Justin Fields ends up in a Chicago, 
I, I feel he'll do very well. If he ends up in a New England, I feel he'll do very well. It's it's about where you are too. The Jets have been like trash for years. Just because they're going to be bringing in a quarterback doesn't mean they're going to be successful. That's what they said about Sam Darnold a couple of years ago. Now look where he is. Yeah, exactly. And that's one thing we've kind of spoken about, Anthony, in terms of a lot of this is quarterback fits. And often the quarterbacks that do tend to fall tend to actually do better. You see, even in recent drafts, like Dara's mentioned in terms of Josh Allen, you can see even kind of Deshaun Watson when he kind of started falling, he went to Houston Texans over someone like if it was the Jets or I know Keith won't be too happy with me in the comments, but the Dolphins over recent years. But we started to see them kind of improve because, look, what they did is they made various few trades and got a lot of draft capital, and now you're seeing a young team that's improving. The problem is with the Jets, that hasn't happened, where you don't see their signings and free agency never really coincide with what they want to do in the draft. And it's one reason why they've been in the same problem that they have been in. And look, to a certain extent, the Bears have had the same kind of scenario for them. The difference is that they've gotten to the point of where they have middled, to where they can win enough games not to be bad enough to actually be able to get that franchise quarterback. And when they did beat when, when they were bad, they made the wrong evaluation. So that's yeah. a, that's a big thing. So I guess the question is in terms of the draft this year, we see these five quarterbacks and look, we can probably even put in the likes of Davis Mills and Kellen Mond into it because they are talented players. They're not first round quality, but Trask, of, I think is another guy. Yeah. I think the, yeah, uh, Trask is one option. The one thing I think he would probably benefit if he was somewhere, probably if he played in a team that's in a dome because he doesn't mm. have the great arm strength. So I think he would struggle if he did go to a team like Chicago or Green Bay, for example. I think he needs he would be an interesting option, actually, if he went to the Saints because we know that they'll probably look for a quarterback at some point in this draft. But, Anthony, how important do you think it's going to be for – kind of this the situation of the where these quarterbacks go because we've spoken about it with Zach Wilson and the Jets. We always say that fifty percent of first round quarterbacks don't make it. And he's kind of one that we point out not because of his talent, because he's very, very good, but it's more of what did the Jets really have around him that's gonna be able to make him be successful. Because he's gonna have to play from pretty much week one. Yeah, and that's and that's also a challenge. Um, you, you look at the ones who are successful coming out of the draft, they usually have a scenario where they sit in front of people, or sit behind people, sorry, and they're not brought on. They're given a year to kind of go through. Mahomes is the obvious the obvious one, but there's others that have that have shown that. Sam Darnold, I know Dara said it a minute ago, is the perfect example of going to the Jets and being just hung out to dry. I'd actually be interested to see how he gets on if he is allowed to be the number one at the Panthers. It'd be, it'd be interesting as to what actually he actually turns out like because he'll have a decent-ish team around him, definitely compared to the Jets. The the point around, around Chicago and the and the area and the building and you have to be a certain mentality to play there. I think what we've seen from QBs in Chicago the last five or six years is that the game management is a massive part of what we needed to do with Chicago because you need to manage not just the stadium, not just the, the expectations around, but the actual city as a whole. Uh, and it's a massive sports city. It's a massive place where they want, where you want to succeed. And the pressure sometimes can get too much for first. Mitch is a nice guy. 
I don't know whether you can be a nice guy QB and be successful at Chicago. I think it could be it's an interesting one, though, Anthony. And I know that there's the pressure and all, but it's not like it's a team that's had a lot of good quarterback play. So, like, but, there's not that, there's not that much to live up to. You look at it now, and most of the records are there from Jay Cutler or Sid Luckman, and like, it's not it's not like I. I always compare this to when you talk about the Chicago Bulls, who any player that has to go and play for them, the whole thing for so long was stepping into Jordan's shoes yep. and trying to fulfill that. But really, at the quarterback position for the Bears, if you're even semi-good, the city will love you because they don't ha- they've never had a good quarterback. And that's yes, but, and because of that. The pressure comes on because if you're not, if there's any even a, a smell of you not being good, if you throw one intercept, if you do something, especially against Green Bay, like we saw, Mitch, everyone thought Mitch was the was the future after 2018. And the first game in 2019, he chose a pick, and Adrian Amos picks him in the end zone, and suddenly the groans coming from the crowd, the groans coming online, and everyone thinks Mitch is absolutely shocking. He's somewhere in the middle between that, and he never recovered from that. Now did Nagy, now did pretty much half the team so you can go back to the Bears problems and we've ended up being 8-8 eight and 8-8 eight and, eight and, eight and thank God we can't be 8-8 eight and eight this year but we've gone all the way through with that because of not having a QB who has the, the brain power and that's a bit harsh but the, the actual game management to be able to see those situations and do exactly what you said become that superstar that's why I'd love to have had seen Dara's QB head his way to, to us because he does have that he has every, he's all of that and spades and he would have enjoyed massively being the one within a couple of days, I would say, being the best QB to ever play for the Chicago Bears. He'd have loved that. Yeah, Anthony, and just just you watch the Bears will go eight, eight, and one this season. <laughs> of course they will. Of course <laughs> they will. Of course they will. That's exactly what's gonna happen. Look, this is a good comment that I kind of wanted to bring up, and I'll bring you into this now. So, in terms of when they're talking about the Jets, if they make the wrong evaluation on quarterback, i.e., so Sam Darnold, which look. Right now, you're probably going to say yes just because he's now off with the Panthers. But it will depend on kind of what he does there. He'll have more weapons. He'll have DJ Moore. He'll have Christian McCaffrey. They'll probably select another offensive lineman. Or could we talk about did they just hire the wrong head coach and didn't surround their young QB with talent? Does it have to be one of them or could it just be all-encompassing? I think we can all agree that – Adam Gase was the wrong head coaching hire that they haven't kind of surrounded their talent. But do you think that this is something that the Jets actually have to learn from this time around? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. But as you say, it, it could be all encompassing. I mean, to be honest, I don't really know who Darnold is at the moment. Um, I, I think seeing him in Carolina will give us a better idea of what kind of a quarterback he is. I think to a point, Anthony, or to, to a point, Anthony is right when he said he kind of got hung out to dry there, um, and like I, I do think it's like I, I actually think Darren could do quite well there, but again, until I actually see him in Carolina and see what kind of a player he is, that's when I can kind of decide then. Oh yeah, no, the Jets picked the wrong player, or the Jets picked the right player, but they just didn't, they didn't use him right, or they didn't they didn't develop him right. So I think time will tell on that one now. But Gase was a horrible hire. Um, yeah, it's, it, I've yeah. always said that Adam Gase, and this is a funny one that kind of Keith brings in. So they hired wide-eyed Adam Gase after we fired him. Look, Jay Cutler made Adam Gase a lot of money. That one season <laughs> in Chicago, that that Adam Gase looked like he was he knew what he was doing. 
I know him and probably Peyton Manning as well in, in Denver. Look, I guess this, and I'll, I'll bring you into this one, Fionn, because you recently hired a, a new head coach last season. How important is that hiring process? Because we've seen the Jets go through kind of head coach after head coach. It seems every two years there's a new one coming in. We see Robert Sala coming in now from San Francisco, a defensive-minded head coach going together with this new quarterback. So how do you expect this to go? Do you think it will be better than what they've seen kind of previously? Look, I know Adam Gase's tenure at the Jets was kind of laughable at, at certain points in time, and it seemed like this season was tank the whole way, get Trevor Lawrence, and they still couldn't do that right. Mm-hmm. Well, of, to your first point, <laughs> to your first point, obviously the the head coach is a massively important uh, part of the team. Washington has a different problem in that we had a massive culture problem as well, and all sorts of stuff, all the way right up to the owner. And so the we've seen even last season that a coach can change the the mindset of the team in a minute. So absolutely, a coach is a vitally important part of the team from top to bottom, not just scouting talent and drafting the guys, but just the guys that are there and playing and you need to give them time to put their stamp on it in terms of, will it get better for the jets? Absolutely. But is it a, is it a one year turnaround? I highly doubt that this is going to be a growing process that they really need to, to get right over the course of a couple of years. And they need to give them time to mature, get the guys that he wants not just in the locker room, in his backroom staff, in his front room staff, and kind of uh, let him put his shape and then evaluate. So I think you give it two years before you really start to judge whether or not it's a systemic Jets problem or if it was just an Adam Gaze problem. Yeah, it, it is an interesting Yeah, go, go sorry, ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say a big indication of whether the issue was Darnold or it was Gaze is Ryan Tannehill. Look, look what happened yeah, after he exactly. left Ryan Gase in Miami. He goes to to the Titans and they build a team that helps him. You know, it, it's always great when you have a running back like Derrick Henry there backing you up. Uh, but he's been a really, really good quarterback for the last couple of years since he's gotten out of an Adam Gase team. Yeah, it's an interesting comment here that we have. Either Zach Wilson will play like Josh Allen or play like Mitch Trubisky with a headband. Maybe if Mitch Trubisky <laughs> played with it, maybe if he played with a headband, he might have made some more accurate throws. But look, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Look. It is it, it is an interesting one, though. And look, we talk about, I think, look, we all know that kind of Trevor Lawrence is, I guess, out now kind of the main prospect in terms of this draft. Because look, I know a lot of people are talking about how. He's this Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning style kind of quarterback that it's a that it's absolutely a slam dunk. I guess for me, the whole reason around this, Anthony, and I'll bring you in for this one, is just because he set the protections. He was able to go through all the progressions. He was able to do what we don't actually see a lot of rookie quarterbacks do, or we don't see college quarterbacks do. One thing that we always saw when Mitch started at the Bears was that every time there was a play call coming in, he would look over to his head coach. We see that with a lot of quarterbacks now. The only two quarterbacks that are in this draft that really got to set their own protections, got to kind of audible at the line of scrimmage, was Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance. They were the two because their coaches completely trust them with everything in the playbook. 
So in terms of we now look at the San Francisco 49ers at three, the two rumored players are Matt Jones and Trey Lance. One that we've spoken about that the head coach definitely wants in terms of the reason why they dropped, they kind of traded up was for Matt Jones. But now we're starting to hear that a lot of the kind of scouts and kind of a lot of the staff within San Francisco want to draft Trey Lance. So if this was your organization, you're at three, you gave up all of this draft capital, and now there's this kind of, I guess, argument within that kind of front office of where do we go? What would you feel like as a fan? Because it must be very strange to, at the time, it seemed like they traded up for this particular quarterback, and now it looks like it's completely changed where you look at even all the bookies now, Trey Lance is the favorite to go at number three. Yeah, if I was a fan, and, and from the little bit of CMC with the 49er fans, they actually want fields. But if you look at those two, fan, those two choices that they have, Mac Jones and Lance, I think Lance has such a bigger ceiling. Now, he has a bigger drop-off, and he would be probably the first candidate you would have potentially being a bust. But he has got a massive ceiling and a massive opportunity to, to really kind of go even further. Mac Jones... The one thing you say about Mac Jones, and, and while everyone kind of scoffs at him as being in the top five QBs, and because he, he had all these weapons in, in Alabama, but watch the passes that he makes to all those weapons. They're always on point. They're always exactly where the place can get. You, you never see one where you see Waddle catching it over his head. You never see them. The pass is always hit perfectly. It's always into the right spots. And I think Mac Jones does give you that, but he isn't the, the sexy, cool, this is going to blow everyone's mind kind of pick which fans want. Look, I'm a Bears fan. Kieran, the two of us have been on a choo-choo train for fields for the whole length of this show has been done because we want to have that experience and have that feeling of having something amazing. Um, it'd be interesting what's in the in the GM's head in San Francisco. Um, whether this was all a ruse, and Noel mentioned it earlier on, maybe this is all a ruse to get their opportunity at getting at Aaron Rodgers. That was always in their head. Um, it just makes, that's what makes this next, what is it? two hours absolutely fascinating because everyone knows what's going to happen at one everyone knows what's going to happen at two we don't even know now who the team is going to be at three i think we kind of know <laughs> what's going to happen i i look you have to remember right and i think look this would be completely different if san francisco were at three originally but the fact is if you're going to give away green aaron Rodgers, green bay will be able to get more than just this number three overall pick. They'll be able to get multiple first-round picks if they were getting rid of Aaron Rodgers. It's like you could have plenty of teams. I know we mentioned earlier the Jets are one that could easily trade number two and their other one to get Aaron Rodgers. You could have Miami trading multiple first-round picks this year and next year to get Aaron Rodgers. You have even Denver that could give away their number nine pick and also future first-round picks. So I think that trade up to number three could have actually cost the 49ers from making a genuine attempt to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Dara, I don't know what kind of your opinion on all this is, but as a Seahawks fan with the 49ers at three, you said this is the one pick that you'd be worried about. If What is the one quarterback that they could pick at number three that would worry you most? Justin Fields. Okay, so, ta- so tell us why, in terms of those three of the remaining top five quarterbacks, why do you think that Justin Fields is probably, in terms of the most worrisome for you? Look, 
we're on this show we've been talking with Justin Fields for a while. We're very big fans of him, but I I'm interested to know why you think that that would be the right pick for San Francisco at number three. But in terms of his play and and how much of a scheme fit, I believe he would be with a, a Shanahan offense. Uh, you know, Shanahan loves these play uh, RPOs, play action passes. If he's not running the ball, and I think Fields Fields is uh, arm as as well as the fact that he can run with the ball. Um, I think it's a very underrated trait with him because I know Trey Lance is getting a lot of kudos, and rightly so, because he he's able to run with the ball quite well as well. But I think that Justin Fields is that dual threat that they would want, similar to a Lamar Jackson, but I think he's more accurate at uh, passing than Lamar, um, obviously not as fast. So I think that combination in, in the Shanahan offense would scare the life out of me. As a Seahawks fan, can I jump in there? Yeah, for, for the tenth episode in a row, Justin Fields is terrible. Lads, he is the worst quarterback <laughs> to ever be produced. He could keep on dropping. He is a terrible QB. He's an even worse person. Right? I know that person. He's a terrible human, and he should go all the way to twenty. There, don't worry about it. He won't go anywhere. <laughs> Take, take it from a Washington fan. Don't trust a one-year Ohio State quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Anthony, I don't know if you saw. Did you see um, Chris Sims's mock draft from thirty-two? From, yeah, thirty-two. They projected him at. Yeah, the funniest part of that was if it had got the twenty, it still wouldn't surprise me if Ryan Pace had done that. Wouldn't surprise me if Ryan Pace would have gone with a tight end. Oh, just wouldn't or he picked or he picked Mond or something just you know it I, was it's crazy and he just kept I, I i listened to a bit of the podcast of where he gave his reasoning for it and he just kept saying i just don't like the way he throws i don't like the way he throws i don't like the way he throws I was like you don't like accurate throws like well what's wrong with <laughs> do you want him to like throw a, a, a flat ball like uh, cam newton or something like that and just like miss his wide receiver by three yards I don't I don't get it. I, I haven't seen anything in any Justin film tape or Justin Fields uh film that I've watched that could make me question his throwing ability. Yeah, look, I it, it's funny because you hear a lot every single draft, there's always one quarterback or we just one prospect that kind of gets kind of kicked down the whole time. You see it every single year. And the problem is, like, we saw early on where people were saying, oh, he's not a good teammate. And then everybody in Ohio State comes out and said, this is completely wrong. He's our leader. Then someone, then Dan Orlovsky comes out and says, well, I've been told that he can't go through his progressions. And then he has to kind of rebuff that two days later. Now we're hearing kind of that he, he can't or something about his throws. But yet I don't really know what you want. He has a quick release. He's, he has really good footwork. Like, you talk to any – like, look, Anthony, how many people have we come on? Has anybody criticized in terms of Justin Fields to a reason for him falling from being that second best? Like, I'll say it right now is if I was the Jets, I would be picking Justin Fields over yeah. Zach Wilson. Yeah, that's, and that's the point. Everybody that's come on the show, being fans, be them actually, like – guys who are looking, not even connected to Chicago, have all said that he is the second best QB in this in this class. He has been the second QB for nearly everything up to around six weeks ago until until the 49ers started to get 
uh, Mac Jones, up we go. And, and Mac Jones was down around 16 to 22, which I think is probably more realistic of where Mac Jones should be. He is a he is a first-round quarterback. I genuinely do believe that. I just don't know. He's definitely not a three, four, or five. And he suddenly feels seems to be the one that is that has lost out because of that. Um, I still think he will go three or four. I really do. I think I could even see Atlanta taking him. I really could. Um, because it just it's just he's that good. And it must be very difficult to turn away someone with that much talent that you could then be remembered like Chicago's remembered for the guy who won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago for us not taking him. And you don't want to be that team. You really don't. Trust us. You mean that same quarterback that was in the Super Bowl again last year? I I think so. I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. name. He's not that good either. Look, no, I'm going to bring you in for this one because this comment's interesting. So... The Factor 1 says, I hope the 49ers pass on Jones. I want to see Mac Jones or Justin Fields in a Bear uniform. I guess in terms of the three that are left, if the Bears were to move up, which two would you want to be available after the number three pick? Um, well, just a quick thing on the, on the Justin Fields drop. I don't think people are considering, maybe Ryan Pace is just smart about this. Maybe he's watched what Anthony was saying, and maybe Pace is starting these rumours about Fields. Maybe that's what's getting them to drop down a few places. Look, no, I look a little bit like Nagy, so maybe it's me. There, there we go. I like well, it. Uh, on, our, on our mock draft, what was it yesterday? <laughs> Anthony yeah. was our, our Matt Nagy. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Keep spreading those rumours, Anthony. That's perfect. Say that. His <laughs> epilepsy stops him from even looking at his wide receivers and right. so just throws it. Hit <laughs> hopes, that's what it is. He's only got one eye, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, keep it going. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry, Kieran. No. I actually I, I diverted away from your question there for a second. In terms of which two I'd like, um, yeah, like I wouldn't be against any of the three ending up in Chicago, but my, my order would be Fields, Lance, and then Jones. Um. I mean, I, I I don't get the fields drop either. To be honest, he can he can run it. He can he has a fantastic throw. Um, he has a high ceiling, and I do as Dara mentioned as a, that dual threat quarterback. I think that's you look at most of the quarterbacks coming through now. They all they can all run it if they need to. They can throw it. Um, so I would go. I would look for that force. I would look for fields. Lance is a bit more of a unknown quantity, but he has that high ceiling as well. Where that you know. He can he can bomb it and he can run it. So yeah, they they'd be the two I want. But look, worst case scenario, if we end up with Mac Mac Jones, you know, I, I can live with it because as Anthony says, he is a first round quarterback. He's a smart quarterback, he's an accurate quarterback. I mean, he's not as mobile as the rest of them, but look, we had a mobile quarterback for the last four years, and you know, that didn't work out too well. So any, any of the three I can live with, but I do like the idea of a, of a dual track quarterback in there who can throw the ball. Yeah, it's an interesting one because, look, I know a lot of people will dog Mac Jones. I think it's just because I think people see the talent in Justin Fields and they see the talent in Trey Lance and they don't understand why Mac Jones would be ranked ahead. Um, in terms of this, Dara, because, look, you get to see um, Russell Wilson on kind of a weekly basis. The one thing I've said about Justin Fields in terms of his style of play, not in terms of that he's actually going to become like the next Russell Wilson, but the fact that he's a dual threat quarterback, that his first option is to throw the ball and stay in the pocket. And then when it collapses, he goes out. Do you see any of those kind of comparisons with kind of the early kind of Russell Wilson when he first got to Seattle? Yeah. Now, the difficult thing about 
saying about Russell Wilson staying in the pocket is Russell Wilson never had an offensive line that could That's problem, hold yeah. uh, hold long enough for him to stay in the pocket. So um, he was running for his life for the last 10 years. So and still is. He still is, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think he had four games last season where he could actually stay in the pocket for more than two seconds. So um, that was, like, great for him. But, yeah, it, it is It is like that. I don't, I don't think he has the sort of the pace that Russell Wilson had when he came into the league. I think him, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray are, are two of those sort of players that are just, like, small in stature, low center of gravities that can just – that are hard to take down – and can easily evade defenders too. Of course, Lamar Jackson just runs through people too, For but that's a whole different type of player. But with Justin Fields, yeah, it is similar. I, I think he hasn't got the quite the pace that Russell Wilson had when he first came into the league, but it's definitely a good comparison if you want to sort of compare someone who's come, who came into the league in their first year, so between Wilson and Fields. Yeah, it's... It's an interesting one. Look, Fiona, I guess I've asked some of the other guys here in terms of what they what they think about these three quarterbacks. Let's say if Washington did move up to, let's say, eight or nine, which quarterback would you be hoping that they would be targeting of that three, kind of Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance? I guess looking at kind of the way kind of Washington want to go on offense. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones. Mac Jones 100%. And I don't understand why everyone is putting him so far down. And I think it's pure flash. I think people are just looking at the flash. I'm going, this guy plays in Alabama. It's almost a pro offense. He's used to making the passes, doing his reads. He's accurate. They were saying at at one point in the in the draft process that he had like a photographic memory. So he's gonna he's gonna be in the right place at the right time. I love that. As a as a Washington fan, we've had a lot of mediocre quarterback play to the point where I just want a guy who's not gonna lose the game for us. I don't want him, I don't need him to play spectacular. I just need him not to play bad. And I think of all of them, Mac Jones is the he might be the most conservative, but I think he fits the most offenses. You can do the most around them. What worries me about the two other guys is they've built their game on this on this flash, exciting play. And yes, for all the Russell Wilsons we've seen, how many other quarterbacks have we seen run around and end up getting hurt and never living up? RG3 is one that jumps out to me. There's plenty of other guys who try and do too much, especially at the start of their careers. And instead of realizing, like, just take your time, Put the ball where it needs to go. Let the five, six-year vets at wide receiver go make the splash plays. You just put the ball in their hands, and then when you feel comfortable, do your checkdowns, do your rollouts, do all the other crazy stuff you can do. So for me, I would put Mac Jones. Yeah, I think personally I have him as my second quarterback. I think the Jets will take Wilson, but I think he's the second-best quarterback in this draft. Which is really interesting because, look, the one thing that people do say about Mac Jones is where he's going to – earn a lot of kind of points is that those interviews that they do that they will do and kind of one thing that might have even heard him is the fact that there's no face-to-face interviews because Mm -hmm. this is one thing that we have heard that it is very hard to gauge kind of what someone's like when you're doing kind of an interview over zoom or a video conference because these coaches really did learn a lot from one having this face-to-face meeting but even after that then usually when that would happen that night as well, that they would have dinner with that quarterback. So you get to know yeah. more of the person. 
they don't get to do it this year. And I think that probably has affected Mac Jones, considering he is one of those that people do say that he's mm-hmm. a very smart quarterback. And I completely understand in terms of what you're saying there, Fionn. As a Bears fan, I would be completely fine if, let's say, if Mac Jones did wasn't the number three pick. I have a feeling that he would probably slip into the teams because they're, I don't think he's this style of quarterback that you're going to see a lot of teams trade up and multiple picks for. He has to suit your team style. I agree with you, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And like you said, he actually can suit a lot of styles in terms of it depends on what type of offense you want to play. If you want to play the RPO offense, he's probably not the best quarterback for doing that. But the one thing is, and I always say it in terms of when we talk about New England and a lot of people saying that they want Justin Fields, but he's the perfect scenario in terms of what did what was Brady so successful at? He was successful at being accurate and he was a leader and he was smart. And that's one thing that we actually do see with Mac Jones is that the one thing you can't criticize him for is his accuracy because we can say that, okay, he had a great offensive line. Probably mm-hmm. two of his offensive linemen will get picked in day one and day two. He's going to have two wide receivers that will probably get picked in the top 15. He will have a running back that will go into the first round as, or in the first round as well. But look, that's what's going to happen when you play for Alabama. It's similar to players that play for Clemson or Ohio State. So I'll come to you on this one, Dara, because in terms of for Mac Jones, do you think that there will be a pretty good market for him once it if let's say he's not number three, that once it hits the teams, that there will be multiple teams that will be kind of targeting him within that kind of maybe 12 to 15 range. I think so. I think so. I think there'd be uh, teams that would like him. I, I, if it was the case that Fields wasn't available and he got down to 15, I, I'd say uh, Belichick would jump at taking Mac Jones for sure. Uh I think he is the closest to a Tom Brady style quarterback there is in this draft. So uh, definitely, definitely New England. Looking at sort of the other picks, you know, it would take a lot to move up. But if he was still available in the team in the teens, um, and if they wanted to get ahead of uh, Chicago or a uh, Washington, the Saints as yeah. well. I think could could do very well with with Mac Jones as well. I think that'd be a good landing spot for him. And I know there's reports of of them wanting to trade up into the into at least the the top ten. But I think that was more to get one of the uh, the star cornerbacks instead of getting a quarterback necessarily in this draft. So I think definitely those two teams are two teams I think could do very well. I wouldn't rule out maybe a Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, I know like, there's still question marks over Jalen Hurts. You know, the, the head coach couldn't uh, nail down to say he's definitely going to be the star. I could understand him not saying that because he was two days into the voluntary workouts. It would just it would be silly for him to say Jalen Hurts is going to be the star and then he has a horrible camp and then they have to start uh, Joe Flacco, which I think is a fate worse than death anyway at this <laughs> time. But, uh, I, guess, take- I guess that is an interesting one, Dar. Just... Uh, Sorry for cutting across you, but just no, because Jalen Hurts did come in for Carson Wentz last year and he was quite successful when he came in late. So I guess I don't see the problem in naming him the starter from early on, considering he is a player that you spent the second round pick on last year. He showed that he can help your team win games. Would it not 
kind of benefited him as one of those young emerging players that you kind of say that, okay, he's our starter. You don't have to look coaches say this player is a starter. And then suddenly somebody, they draft someone that is, you know, exactly what that's like. You signed what, who was it? Mafflin from the green Bay Packers all those years ago, had Tavares Jackson there as well. And then drafted Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson started. Exactly, and I think I think as well for for the coach. I, I was is it Nick? Is it Nick Siriano or something? Is it, is, I can't remember the, the new head coach's name at the Eagles uh, off the top of my head. But like this was one of his first press conferences now as Eagles head coach as well. And you know, I think he's just being very careful not to say the wrong things. Because I just like that, uh, like the the Seahawks example as well. If it was the case where he says, "Right, Jalen Hurts is my." Um, star and then look just what has happened today like an Aaron Rodgers could, has potentially become available and it or if another player was to, be, to become available and the Eagles went and got him and then you and then it would come back to, to the start of the season and they'd say to him well at the start of voluntary camps you said Jalen Hurts is your starter so what changed you know and then he's fighting that off so I think he's just trying to be as careful as he can um and it's, I think they kind of sort of blew up in his face a little bit because the media sort of went a little crazy with that uh, with that statement too. When he says, "Oh, you, it's Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco, and you still can't pick a starter," he says, "Yeah, because there's a lot of time between now and September, so anything can happen." Um, so, yeah, I think I think the coach is just being extra careful, um, which I can understand. His first his first head coaching gig um, in in Philadelphia, where like they will take any comment and they will like get every word every word of that sentence you know every way you've said it and they will break that down and try and find the meaning behind what they're what he was actually saying and, and it's just the nature of the game yeah it's a di- look it's a difficult one as well with a new head coach coming in and look one thing i wanted to kind of bring up there because you did mention it earlier there and i'll bring you into this now because we did hear about the saints wanting to move up how smart do you think it is to try and move up from all the way kind of in the late 20s to try and get as close to the top 10 for one of these corners? Because, look, we've mentioned it, Anthony, before, that there's a lot of red flags on some of these top corners, whether there's injury concerns for quite a lot of them in the first round. So do you think that it's a smart tactic for the Saints to try and move up and kind of, look, I guess if they get close to the top 10, they can probably pick kind of Patrick Sertain from Alabama, and he's probably the dead-on prospect that doesn't have a lot of concerns, while the rest of them, whether it's J.C. Horn, um, you have Caleb Fairley that has multiple back issues, and there's there's a couple others. I know Greg Newsom has, has never finished a season for Northwestern. So do you think that this is a good tactic in terms of trying to move up to secure that number one corner? Uh, oh no, I, I think you need to be very careful if you're you're trading up for one of those. I mean, Patrick Sertain, yeah, if you if you can get up there and get, but it, again, it's going to depend how much you love him and what you've got, you know, how many need what what your needs are and what you've got that you can actually afford to give to move up because that's that's going to cost you a fair bit to jump up there. But as you said, like a few of those corners have have some issues. I mean, I've seen reports now the last day or two. They're saying Caleb Farley still hasn't got feeling in his toes, and there's an ACL issue that was wasn't reported on before that's suddenly popped up. So 
look, it all comes comes down to one: Do you really believe this player can make a difference? I know they they badly need a corner in, in New Orleans. If you really believe he can make a difference and you can afford to to make that move, then go for it. But I mean, I I don't, I don't know. I think he may get a corner or two, drop down a lot closer to where they are, where they wouldn't need to make that kind of jump. Won't be certain, and it won't be JC Horn. But who knows? Maybe you can if you get some new. Farley or someone a bit closer to you, maybe it's worth paying a bit less just to jump jump up a few spots. But it look it's 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 a risk with anyone to make that kind of a big big move. But I think when there's injury concerns, especially in a year like this year where they haven't really been able to interact with the players and find out, you know, test them themselves and you know do all that kind of stuff, it, it can be a bit of a risk. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Anthony, because like we found out from the press conferences this week i know for the bears side of things they only got all their medical reports done last week and it'll be very similar to the majority of teams within the nfl that a lot of these players i know that they didn't have to submit these medical reports are quite late on which normally all these are done by the combine which you have months to kind of go through so how difficult do you think it's going to be for some of these teams that you have there could be an a medical concern that could be a medical red flag or they're not too sure and you may see either teams like the Saints try and move up to kind of get someone that they know doesn't have these injury concerns or we did hear early on today that there's quite a number of offensive tackles defensive tackles that we expected to go in kind of the second or third round that are actually now being tipped as kind of a first round pick one of those that kind of was mentioned earlier was Liam Eikenberg so I guess not only the medical side of things but your normal kind of red flags I know one example has always been on Tevin Jenkins does he love football because in some of his interviews he has said that it's not kind of his biggest passion that he he likes other things now I know Trevor Lawrence has said similar things so how worried would you be as kind of one of those teams in the back half of the first round of actually trying to move up a little bit to secure a prospect that you know. So, like, for example, the Saints, if they didn't move up, it's probably going to be for someone like Patrick Sertain Jr. I think I'd be more worried if I was the player because I think on the 50-50 calls now, 50-50 calls, that may have been a real close call and certain coordinators would have been trying to get in the face of their GM. Now it's the GM's going to go, well, we don't know if he's fully fit, man. And that, that almost finishes the conversation. So I'd be more worried about those players and their ability to just start falling. And then what happens is, let's say they were predicted to be in the top 15, suddenly they're falling now, and then everyone else is going, ah, they're falling because such and such team who wants a cornerback, have realized they must be injured, so we don't want nothing to do with them either because we haven't had a chance to, to look at them. And the player starts falling. Now, what that may result in is you may end up having somebody who should be in the top 15 available when you're in the middle of the second round, for, for example, because of that that massive drop-off because of the injury worries. Um, and it could create a false economy, as you rightly said, for offensive linemen, for wide receivers who aren't in that way. And suddenly you've got guys who are being picked high or in places between 15 and 25 when they shouldn't be anywhere near that because they know their medical history, they know they're able to complete a season, and that almost ticks a box bigger than whether they're actually good enough for the team. Uh, it's a really interesting way because... The medical guys within the in the clubs must be under unbelievable pressure to get it right so that when they're reading the charts or reading the information, 
even when, you, as you rightly said, it was in a combine before, so you had three or four months to, to look at this. Now you've only got around a 10, 14 days, and there's so many jobs on the line here, you got to make sure you get it right. So I think you'll find GM will then decide, no, 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 I'm going to go with a safe bet when it's a 50-50 call. Well, in the past, he may have gone with, uh, I'll take a risk on this guy because I really, I really like him. Yeah, it's, it, it is an interesting one. I guess I'll bring you into this, Dara, as well. It's when when there is more of these kind of red flags that could come up. And look, we may not see it so much in the first round because I know for the first half of the first round, usually the boards are fairly similar, especially in that kind of top 10. But it's as you get closer to the end of the first round and start the second round, I think that's where we're going to see big differences between what the experts have as first round picks versus what these teams have as first round picks. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's it. Like you were mentioning with the, with how crazy this draft is and with the medical reports, not, not being brought into very late and not being able to have those face to face meetings. It's so, it's so difficult. And when it comes to, to red flags as well, you know, normally they would use that meeting in person to sort of gauge like okay is this guy maybe misunderstood it, it or does this guy actually have a problem that we would be concerned about and i i look back at last year's draft and the titans taking isaiah wilson you know that's that's yeah. a prime example of someone that like did not love the game of football he, he was just one of these people that just really liked it he was really good at it it's not that yeah. he liked it he actually hated it and you know they, they spent the first round pick on him they just couldn't get him into to into the mindset of being an nfl player he just didn't show any interest at all then he gets traded to the dolphins the dolphins tried their best and within two weeks he's gone you know it's it's so difficult to get those choices correct and you know it's going to be so like that's things maybe it's it's a good thing that Seattle only have three picks this year because you can't really gauge fully on these you can't be 100% certain on these picks that uh, on these players because you can't meet them in person as much as you would like yeah it is it's an interesting one because and I'll bring you in on this one Fionn because we saw that with Isaiah Wilson last year there's rumors of in terms of and this is this is the interesting one around the area that Washington would be picking. The two of the offensive tackles that we've spoken about, Anthony, are Christian Darasaw and Tevin Jenkins. They're complete opposites of each other. In terms of Darasaw, he has the really good build for playing offensive tackle. <clears throat> but he kind of half-asses it a little bit where you don't see him being that kind of trying to basically kill somebody on the football field that you see him jogging at times while Tevin Jenkins, you see him. I know I can't remember what game it was, but I remember that he basically blocked someone all the way out to the sideline and basically pushed them over a table. That's, that's the type of player you want, but then you have questions about, well, does Tevin Jenkins love the game? And then you go back to what happened with Isaiah Wilson last year. How, how big of an impact does this have? Do you think, on kind of some of those teams drafting kind of the later half of the first round, where especially in this offensive tackle class, there it, it is quite deep this year. It goes all the way into the second round when normally usually the majority of F- offensive tackles that are taken after round one, there's usually a huge drop-off. 
Yeah, I think it's certainly a worry. And it's something I think you have to deal with with every player on some level, especially in the first round. I think mentality-wise, these guys have been the best players on their team since they were 12 years old. They're not used to adversity. They're used to everything coming easy. And to your point that you made earlier, I think this is an area where not meeting the players face-to-face has a massive impact because I don't necessarily think if a guy doesn't love the game, if a guy jogs every so often or doesn't finish maybe the way you want them, and you get to meet him face-to-face. You have your offensive line coach in there and he gets a sense from him. Some offensive line coaches will tell me, yeah, coach, get him. I can fire this guy up. I know exactly what he needs. I've seen this before. Other guys are going to say, you know what? Pass on him. We'll find somebody else. But every team is going to have their their skills that they think some guys that they can push over the line, right? And that's what they're looking for as well. Maybe outside of the first round a little bit of who's going to slip that we think is actually a first rounder because of the other guys in the building that we have. So I think that's a massive impact this season of the the coronavirus, definitely not meeting these guys face-to-face, not getting that personality sense like you talked about earlier that's really going to make it difficult to choose between some of these guys, especially lower lower first round, start a second round, particularly for some reason on the line. It seems to be a, a particularly difficult position. Maybe that's because it's a bit more in the trenches, not as glamorous, and the guys really have to love what they do to put their body through that. Whereas if you're a wide receiver, some of the flashier positions, you're getting more money, you're getting less hits. Maybe it's a lot easier to, to be kind of just half interested in football and make it your living than if you're an offensive lineman. Yeah, it's an interesting one, though, because one thing that Dara actually mentioned is completely true, um, that a lot of these guys, well, they can probably sell it to some of these GMs that they love football because they they play it and they're good at the game. But the problem then is, is once they go from college kids to being multimillionaires and you then really know the guys that love to play the game versus the guys that played the game just because they're good at it. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's it. It's a, it's a big... Oh, sorry, was it me that you were talking to? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, it is. I mean, look, you have to kind of, I suppose, to a point to understand what it's like for a young lad who maybe has nothing, has, you know, family has struggled to suddenly having this vast amount of money put in front of them. And it, it, it takes really strong-willed people to be able to, you know, that's great. I have that money there now, but to really want to, to continue with the football full full focus. And you will find some some players where it's just that that change of lifestyle is too much. They can't handle, they, they have all this money. They suddenly have all these new friends who come out of nowhere and their attention is taken here and there. So it, look, at the end of the day, the whole draft, in a way, is a, is a crapshoot. Like for for certain players, you know, you, you don't know for a lot of players until you bring them in. And um, but there are those young players out there who are in that position because they're so single minded and because they're so focused. And I think the, the majority of them normally will be. You, you just will get the few players who maybe it's 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 just too much too soon, or they just can't take it in. But look, at the end of the day. As Fionn said, it's when you don't have these face-to-face meetings to at least get get a better sense when you talk to this player. You know, I suppose coaches will have dealt with players for years. Most of them will have dealt with players for years and years, and maybe they get to they get to know signs from talking to a player, how they react, how they answer, body language, even how they how they are in front of them, and and missing out on that 
is a big deal and it, it is it just makes uh, what was already a lottery even even harder to win when, you, when you're picking these players i think yeah. i remember as well sorry karen i think i remember yeah, no, go ahead. these guys are kids i hate that yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely these lads are these lads are 21 20, like a 20 21 22 suddenly they're they're not just in the limelight but they're on tv they're they're having <clears throat> Everything comes falling into them, and exactly what Fionn said. Since the age of ten, they've been told they are the best. You are the best. You are the best. And suddenly, they're getting a couple of million thrown at them, and they're going, "Oh my God, I've made it!" They're getting friends coming out of nowhere, and they're like, "I don't really know if I really love this game anymore." Because everything they were told to when they were ten is get the NFL, get the NFL, get the NFL. You'll make it. Get the NFL. Suddenly, they're at the NFL, and suddenly, like they're not playing. Or it's not going exactly the way they're used to it. So in the past, they've been throwing the perfect ball or they've been making the perfect hit. Now, oh, you're the best player on the team. Now they're not the best player on the team. They're the rookie. They're not producing. There's a couple of games goes by and they're being questioned as to why they're... The, suddenly for the first time in their lives at age 21, they're being questioned as to why they're good enough. That's what makes the NFL and that's what makes the draft an absolute... It, it, it's a psychologist's dream to watch what happens in the next couple yeah. months. Because... Those kids go from this level to the amazing part, and there's only a certain percentage are that superstar um, mentality to be able to deal with them. Yeah, an interesting point, and I heard this earlier on today, is with Jacksonville, like unless they go seventeen and zero and go through the playoffs and win the Super Bowl, this will be the first time that Trevor Lawrence's lot will lose a game since he started in high school. That's a, that's a big thing because when you have a player that's not used to losing, look, yeah, it's great for your locker room because you have a guy coming in that is in a winning culture and that's kind of what you want and it's difficult to to know. And look, Fiona, I guess this is the, this is the part that I think a lot of coaches find difficult is that, yes, you're trying to draft the best prospects, but you're also trying to draft someone that's actually going to fit the system and the room that you have established. Look, you've seen it with Washington over the years that there's been players that have been brought in that just don't fit with a culture that you want in mm-hmm. in a team. We, we saw it with Dwayne Haskins when he was brought in. People were wondering why kind of he was dropping in that draft. And we kind of we kind of seen why that he didn't really suit kind of the culture that you would want in an NFL locker room. How important is that and how tricky is it going to be this year might not even be for the first round picks, but kind of those later picks that normally these coaches would have a pretty good idea of what type of player this particular prospect is. Now it's just going to be that much harder because there was only a limited amount of meetings that they were allowed to have with prospects. Yep. I think I'm so glad you brought this up. And I think it's something that even GMs in the NFL get carried away with. And it's maybe goes along with something I mentioned earlier. It's this flash factor right there's so much expectation and so much uh like willingness to just choose the best player available and sure 50 percent of the time that's the best thing you can do get the best athlete you have especially if you're a terrible team you have holes all over the place pick the best guy and he'll fill a hole but when you're in that kind of middle to lower where you're trying to pick the right pieces that you need it's reasons why the guys like Mac Jones might fall because you really need to pick the right guy for your system. And it's the same problem we see in teams with turnovers, not just on the players on the pitch, but in the backroom staff where 
every head coach comes in with a new idea of how what direction this team is going. And all of a sudden, you've got different years from different head coaches all going, well, I'm going to build my guys to be run first. And then the next guy comes in, he goes RPO. And then the next guy comes in and he wants pocket passer. And all of a sudden, you have three different genres of players trying to play in one. And you're going, well, this head coach is shite, but he's not dealing with the players he picked. And so it's so important. And like I mentioned at the top, it's even GMs right now and head coaches get carried away with this. I'm going to get the best flashiest quarterback there's loads of ways to win a game Lamar Jackson will win you a football game but Ryan Tannehill will win you a football game as well in that kind of Mac Jones style hand the ball off most of the time turn around and make an accurate pass it's just as effective at beating the defense as give the ball to Lamar Jackson close your eyes and open them and he's in the end zone (laughs) so there's loads of ways to do it and it's so important to keep in mind your your three-year plan your five-year plan the guys you already have on the team Sometimes these coaches get famous, right, for this one style of play, which worked really well when they were a coordinator under, say, Bill Belichick, who hasn't changed his system for 20 years. And now you're a head coach. You can do whatever you want and you do it without looking at the 20, 30 guys on the roster that you didn't sign in free agency and you didn't draft and who still have to play in your brand new system so it's a huge part of this draft and it's part of the reason why our analysis and our way our mock drafts tend to be as accurate as the guys sitting on the nfl networks mock drafts and their analysis it's so hard and and it's so complicated and that's why i love watching it as well it's brilliant fun yeah that like that's the whole thing of it that we see these players that you see on whatever i know before it used to be kind of mike mayock's kind of top 50 prospects or top 100 prospects and suddenly somebody look i know i'll bring you into this dara you know what this is like in terms of seattle have done this over the years where you mentioned one earlier with rashad penny that i think in that year he was slated to go in the third round and you selected him in in the first but again i guess if you fit a system that's kind of the important thing for a lot of these coaches that they just want to find prospects no matter where they draft because look once you draft a player, it doesn't matter where they were drafted anymore because it's how do they fit into our team? Can they be successful? And I guess the one thing I tend to see is it is those regimes that do have kind of the same head coach, the same general manager for a long period of time. You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers in terms of having Mike Tomlin. You look at Seattle having Pete Carroll. We look at, obviously, the Patriots with Bill Belichick. How important do you think it is having that continuity to continue success, even if you do have to, at times, kind of redevelop your your team? Oh, it's massively important. It is massively important because, and and Fionn mentioned it as well, if you're bringing in a new head coach every three, four years, you know, that's three, four, that's a different philosophy that you're going to have to adjust. And it takes time to build a team that will fit your coach's philosophy. And I think that's why the, the GM head coach relationship is so important that they're both on the same wavelength all the time. And we've seen it in Seattle that John Schneider and P Carroll are on the same wavelength for, and, and they, you know, it, it's worked so well. You know, Bill Belichick has a great relationship with Bill Belichick because he's the same man. So coach and GM is perfect there, you know, it, it is because that means then like, okay, that's, it does take time to, 
to build a team. And, you know, the, this is why we see sort of in the likes of New York and, and in L.A., well, not so much in L.A. because they've only moved there recently, but it, we'll just take New York as the example that because the fans and the media are so impatient, they can stop the progress for their team they don't they're not doing it intentionally but they put so much pressure on their on the owner to make changes that they that the media think will help the team but in reality maybe just having some continuity and maybe just having some stability and you know just for a little longer is going to help the team in the long run you know you keep the head coach there um like that with with um who was it before adam gase was it anthony lynn or not anthony lynn todd bolts Todd yeah. Bowles was the head coach before. Uh, you've seen what he's done now back in Tampa Bay as the defensive coordinator. He's turned them to one of the best defences in the league in one season. And if he was given the full support and the full backing without the pressure from the New York media and the New York fan base, you know, we could be talking right now. We wouldn't be talking, I don't think, right now about New York having the second overall pick in the draft. So I think that's how important it is that, that having the continuity, having the stability there, just for uh, giving the head coach time to build his team is so important for building a successful team. Yeah. So no, I guess with thinking about that is is that something that is important for let's say even teams that we constantly see changing head coach that if you have even that little bit of success, do you think that it actually is important to kind of stick with them? through some troubling times because look i guess it's different if you have adam gates in new york that you know it's it's just not working that the players have tuned them out but i use kind of matt Nagy as an example for the bears that the players clearly like playing for him that they go to bat for their head coach that you can tell he has a very good relationship with a lot of players within the league and there's a lot of teams that are like this but the problem is there's a lot of owners that are kind of trigger happy that do like to get rid of head coaches and GMs very quickly. And do you think that it's actually a problem when we keep seeing kind of head coaches and GMs constantly changing for these same organizations? No, absolutely. And normally when you look at the organizations who have been poor over an extended period of time, you will see multiple GMs, multiple head coaches. That's, I mean, continuity is important for anyone. Now, as you say, you get a situation in New York um, with Adam Gase where you know, you just know it's it's not the right hire. And sometimes that will happen. And, I mean, you need to do something about that. But in general, I mean, continuity is important because, as the guy said, you have to build up your roster. You know, you can't have this mismatch of, you know, you know, as I say, multiple different philosophies sitting in the one one squad. Um, so, yeah, no, it's 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 definitely important. But, I mean... And it's not always the record that will tell you who's successful or not. Sometimes it's just the eye test. Sometimes you can see a team are improving. You can see, you can pinpoint the areas where they're getting better, maybe areas they need to improve on. But in general, you can kind of see they're going in the right direction. And, I mean, obviously they need to be given that time then to actually fully implement the plan they have. I mean, it, it can be it can be a kind of a, a hard thing to judge because, on the other hand, if there is the wrong coach in there, you don't want to let that go on for too long. But, I mean, at the end of the day, continuity, if you can get it in there, is important. And in terms of the owners, look, in all sports now, it's, it's it's win now. And you get a lot of trigger-happy trigger, trigger happy owners that if they don't get what they want within a season or two, they're scrambling for the next, you know, the next young, exciting, offensive mind that's going to come in or, 
But I mean, that's that's pretty much always going to be the, the way with the kind of owners you have in sports now. Yeah. I would, I would sorry, man. Sorry, Karen. The only one I would say that's not the case in is the Chicago Bears. Because we oh, seem to accept yeah. idiocracy, not a problem at all. And now I think I, there's a mixture between the two of them. And I think that's where our press conference at the start of the preseason came from that whole kind of we we want to give them another go. We don't know where the right fit. And there's that confusion level that's come. And you end up in the purgatory level, which is that eight, eight and one. That's where you find yourself in. And we've spoke with this, Karen. The best thing that Chicago could have done at the end of last season was lose every single match. And we'd have ended up here sitting at four and twelve and we'd be now what, the sixth pick? And yeah. Eleven pick and we'd be sitting here going, Well, which one do we pick? Foles or Field? You know, that's the conversation. And and yeah. I think I guess uh, I, I guess the interesting one is, and I've always been of this, and it's not actually very popular amongst a lot of the Bears fan base, but I've always been under the impression that Matt Nagy is actually a very good head coach. He may not be – look, again, you look at a lot of the good head coaches. They don't have to be the play caller the whole time. They have to be yep. basically the manager of the team. And look, I've seen enough from Matt Nagy during his time in Chicago knowing that – He's gotten the Bears to – he's one of the better records of our head coaches in recent years without a good quarterback. And that's that's the basis of it. People will say, well, he didn't develop Mitch Trubisky. Well, look, I look at it as Mitch Trubisky got $2 million to be the backup in Buffalo. So it's not like there was other teams that were going to be knocking down his door. You look at Nick Foles and he doesn't suit the system and you also see now – Andy Dalton is definitely this bridge quarterback. So I've always been a kind of fan of you do need a bit of kind of continuity. Now, one thing I kind of wanted to bring up just because it's kind of, it was mentioned on ESPN just a few minutes ago that there's one likely scenario is that Aaron Rodgers may get dealt to the Denver Broncos. So Chris Mortensen said that uh, on ESPN that the AFC, t- AFC team is more likely um, to get this deal done if it happens, that they would be the favourites. So I guess if that does happen, the Packers would then be in at nine. Now, at that point in time, it's an interesting one because you probably don't go quarterback at that stage because like we said earlier on, you already have your quarterback from last year. The ownership there was a couple of things that came out today that even if Rodgers did leave, that they're very happy with Jordan Love. So, Dara, I guess I'll bring you in for this one. Is If this were to happen and the Packers would end up at nine, which prospects do you think that they should be kind of looking at if you were bringing in or if Rodgers was going to go, you're having Love start, who would you kind of be targeting at that number nine position if the Green Bay Packers do make this kind of crazy trade as the draft starts? Uh, if it was number nine, I'd probably be looking at either Mika Parsons or one of the cornerbacks, either JC Horn or, or Patrick Sertain. Because um, you just saw in that in that uh, NFC Championship game last year, the cornerbacks got torched by Brady. Um, so they definitely need some reinforcement there. And on the linebacking side of things, they, they, they are sort of struggling too. I think one of their notable players from last season, Christian Kirksey, was let go as well at the start of the offseason. So they're going to need to get someone in there. So they'd probably be the two that are the two or three, one of the two cornerbacks. They'd be the positions that I'd be looking at. Yeah, I guess that's an interesting one. There's 
Anthony, I'll bring you in for this one. Do you think that at, the, at that point, I know there'll be a lot of people saying, oh, maybe they'll go for Justin Fields, maybe they'll go for Trey Lance. But look, the Packers went moved up last year to get Jordan Love, and the reason for it is because they liked him more than the quarterbacks that were supposed to be coming out in this draft. They knew Justin Fields was going to be around. They knew that Trey Lance was going to be there. And look, they knew they wouldn't be getting Trevor Lawrence. But again, they went up and they picked their quarterback last year. It's very unlikely that you're going to pick another quarterback when you haven't even seen the one from the previous year play. I think that's fair to say. The only thing I'd say on that is that they would have thought Fields would have gone a two. So when they were picking Jordan Love, they would have thought Fields was going at two, so there isn't a hope we're getting that. Um, so Fields was somehow to fall to nine, and they're sitting there. They may spend the whole eight to ten minutes going, hmm, maybe. But but I'm with Dara. I think I think there's there's other little improvements that the Packers need. It's not much of 26 and 6 speaks for itself. There's little things they need to do, and, and Brady torching them, I'd say, has got them in, in their head. And that also might be the reason why uh, Rodgers is upset because they're looking at defense again to try and, and fix that rather than he, in his brain he wants to get he wants to get Waddle or he wants to get some wide receiver that makes him look even better than he is because I think it's an ego thing as well and then suddenly his head coach and his GM is going no 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 no, no we're going to go cornerback because we really really want to protect ourselves from, from Rodgers again and I, from Brady again I just think that if you're the if you're Jordan Love like how do you explain getting fields in? Oh, we're making you number one. There's going to be a bit of a challenge for your number one spot. If I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, I would probably be hoping that they go fields because it makes it a different story to to Rogers leaving. But probably good for their team would be a, like a certain would be a, would be probably a good shout that would improve them. And then they'd also get extra picks off Denver. I'm assuming for, yeah. for either now or future down the road. Yeah, I think the funniest thing that could happen is if they traded Rodgers away and then they picked a wide receiver because that's all he's been asking for for, for years and years and years. Look, can I ask you guys this? Sorry. Um, yeah, because the, on, Broncos, the Broncos traded for Bridgewater just a couple of days ago. Yeah. Would they send Would they send Drew either Locke. Locke or Bridgewater or would even the Packers sure. want either Bridgewater or Locke as part of the deal? I would probably say you probably send... Oh, it's a, it's a tough one because it depends on what the Packers want. Do they want that competition at the quarterback position? If that's the case, you probably send Drew Locke because similar age, and then you can pick kind of who's the better one. If they believe in Jordan Love, though, I think the smart idea is to send Teddy Bridgewater because then you get a veteran in that if they still don't think Jordan Love is quite ready, that they have somebody in place to where he can continue his development. Look, the minute the Packers send Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't look. I've always said unless the Packers get would have gotten someone like Trevor Lawrence, it's going to be a massive downgrade on Aaron Rodgers. Because look, even if we think Justin Fields is brilliant or Mac Jones is great or um, Trey Lance is going to be a superstar, unless they're a Hall of Fame quarterback, it's going to be a downgrade for the Green Bay Packers. So, in terms of building your team if you believe in a quarterback that you spent the first round pick last year on that you actually upset your hall of fame quarterback because of doing for me it would make more sense to then build around that player 
And I, if I, if it was me, I'd probably be looking at offensive line. If someone like Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slider were still on the board, that's probably a good option. I know the Packers have lost a couple of offensive linemen um, in the offseason. So that, that's also an interesting one. It will be interesting to see where it look if this is going to happen when it would go down because if there's rumors of this happening i think that's when you probably see a couple teams getting a little a little bit more jumpy to try and get ahead of nine just in case they do go quarterback um look before this because this may not even happen so look I, i did want to talk about the wide receivers and fiona bring you into this one Mm-hmm. There's a couple that people will be talking about in terms of Jamar Chase is kind of the first obvious one that people will talk about. In ter- he could link up with his former quarterback in Joe Burrow, where I think he got something like 20 touchdowns in that in his first season with Joe Burrow. You have Devonta Smith. You also have Jalen Waddle, who I'm very high on. I think he's a very, very good prospect. Um, how do you see this kind of shaking out for some of these wide receivers? Do you think... I know there's been the possibility that Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle could possibly fall out of that kind of top 10. Do you think that that would be right considering, I think Devonta Smith was close. Didn't he win the Heisman? Yeah. So he, yep. so he yep. was, so for someone to win the Heisman and as a wide receiver to do that and then not get picked in the top 10, it, it's kind of strange considering you look at a team like the Detroit Lions who just lost Kenny Galladay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I think what is if they fall out of the top ten, what's going to precipitate that is the fact that a wide receiver is a luxury draft pick, right? If you need yeah. a, if you need a quarterback, if you need to fix your defense, the last guy you're looking at is a top wide receiver. It's if you have only minor tweaks to make, that's when you're making the wide receiver. I think Jamar Chase definitely has a great chance of going in the top ten. In my most recent draft, I had. Uh, Devontae Smith also going to the top 10 to the Panthers. And then I had Waddle fallen just outside to the Eagles. I think they're they're a team that might, they've had terrible success with wide receivers before. So I think they could be tempted to try and reach for a, as close to a sure thing as you're going to get in these drafts in terms of those. I agree with you. Those three wide receivers in general are the top three. Uh, much further down, who I think will be disappointed with, is uh, Rashad Bateman. I've, I actually saw a bit of him in college. I, I quite liked him. I think he, he shows some good grit and, and things you like to see out of your wide receiver. So he's a guy that, if anything, might go further up in the draft, maybe, as opposed to slip down. So I think those four guys are definitely the guys we need to look at to be the first wide receivers off the board for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Dara, on this where where do you kind of fall when it does come to wide receivers in round one? Because I've always kind of gone where it's it's a very risky proposition because now in the NFL we see wide receivers go in round three, four, five, six even and have really good impacts. So you you've seen it in the last couple of seasons where you've been able to pick up a wide receiver after round one and has worked out really well. So for those teams that would be interested in wide receivers, would you be going that that route in? Round one, or would you wait off until maybe day two for that? It, it all depends on what type of wide receiver is available. Uh, because like that, I think with with the likes of, say, for me, I, I like 
Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle. They're the two that I think are standouts. I do like Devontae Smith too. Um, but I think after that, there's a, a little bit of a drop-off, whereas if you are, say, in a late, late teens or 20s, that you can probably use that pick to get somewhere else on your team because in the second round, I think the types of wide receivers there, the difference isn't massive so that you can still get a decent wide receiver in the second round. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a question, lads. So yeah. we're, we're talking about wide receivers at the moment and we talked about cornerbacks a little bit. What do you reckon in the first round? Is there going to be more wide receivers taken or more cornerbacks taken in the first round? I personally think wide receivers, just because I'm not a big fan of the cornerback class this year. In terms of, look, I think you definitely have, what, four corners in in mind. So you would probably have Sertain, JC Horn, Newsom, Newsom, and you have Caleb Fairley. The thing is, wide, wide receivers, you're, you're guaranteed three wide receivers. Then it's a then it's an interesting one because a lot of people, like you mentioned earlier, feel that Bateman has always been kind of mocked around kind of 20, 21, 22. But one of the rumors that's come out is that a lot of teams are very high on Elijah Moore as well mm-hmm. out of all miss, and that that could be one where he may even go above Bateman to where he might fall a little bit. So it's interesting. I think it's actually gonna be very, very close. I think it could possibly be four of each. I don't know what you guys think if anybody disagrees or agrees with me. The only one I'd say is that, and we said it a bit earlier, is the injury scenarios around some of those corners. So Frawley, for example, might fall because of the fact that people don't know if it's how long he, his injury will be. While there's not that level of worry about the injury level towards some of the some of the wide receivers, except Bateman is a, maybe a question mark in some people's heads. But I, I think there's a guarantee top 12 for three, and there's not a guarantee top 12 corners um, going to be picked. So the further it goes down the tree, and there, there's going to be surprise picks. There's going to be picks that no one saw coming that we expected was going to be 28, 29, 30, and suddenly they're at 13, 14, 15. I think the corners might be the area because I think it's an offensive game, massively offensive game now. I think GMs who aren't as successful, it's wider at the top of the draft usually, they usually will go high on offense as much as they possibly can. Yeah, it's an interesting one. And I guess to kind of piggyback on Fionn's kind of point there, and I'll bring you in now, which which position do you think is going to be drafted most in, in this first round? Do you think it's possibly quarterback with six? Do you think there could be more maybe offensive tackles? Or is there any other position that you're looking out for in the first round? Um, well, I think you've, you've named two of them there. I think it's definitely quarterbacks you're going to have – at least the five anyway. And obviously there are rumors of some teams talking about sneaking back up for a Mond or a Davis Mills in the first round, which I wouldn't think is the right move, but you just, as you say, there's going to be surprises. So you wouldn't know. Uh, I think there's going to be a few old linemen going off the board there as well. And then I'm just looking at my, my board here. And I think, yeah, I have, I actually have five cornerbacks going off, although I'm not too sure one or two of them. So, yeah, I think quarterback, offensive linemen, and cornerbacks are going to be be up there. As you say, with the with the wide receivers, will probably be around four as well. Um, yeah. So, it, like, there seems to be three or four positions that look like they will take up a. Well, I would think looking at it now, but who knows? As you say, things change and surprises are are, are picked out. But 
yeah, I'd say probably three or four positions look like they'll they'll take up a big big bunch of the the picks. Yeah, interesting one there. Um, Dara, one thing that Noel mentions there that there could be that kind of sixth quarterback that might kind of be brought in at the very end of the first round. Do you think there'd be any prospects towards the end of the first round that you think some of those teams maybe at the start of the second round may want to move up for it, possibly to get that fifth year option and to get that extra year of control? I've, I've always said that if you see someone like Kellen Mond or if you see someone like Davis Mills as a second round pick, at that point you may as well try and get that extra year because they're not going to play in year one anyway. So it might be more beneficial than drafting them at maybe like 34, 35 to move up into kind of 29 or 30 in the first round, like we saw the Ravens did to get Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it's definitely a good point. And I would agree with that for if you do think if you are so if you're at Jacksonville or well not even Jacksonville or Jets because they'll have their quarterbacks but if you're looking at a Detroit or a Panthers or something like that and you want to get one of these like second round quarterbacks and you want to sort of get them under that fifth year option yeah you could look at uh, a couple of teams that might want to trade back and get get that fifth year I think an interesting one though is and it'd be kind of tr- strategic if you if for GMs if they want to do this. It's the running back position. Because if you can get five years out of a running back, that's normally the average time uh, the, the time that they're in the NFL, that, that they're at their peak. So if you could get five years for, a, for paying next to nothing for a running back and who uh, does quite well for you, I think that could be a move that you could make. It, like a Najee Harris or, or, or an yeah. FTN or something like that. I think it might be worth having a look at. Yeah, that's another interesting one, Anthony, because often we've seen in previous years that, look, the they're running backs, they're not as valuable as we've seen in, in other years. I know there's a lot of people that kind of go to the point that they're kind of a dime a dozen. You can get a running back in the fourth, fifth round that can end up starting for you and does the job and then once that four years is up you just do the same thing again what would you feel about kind of a team moving back into the first round to secure let's say Najee Harris does fall to like 27 or 28 to jumping back in and kind of getting that kind of superstar running back yeah I think if I think it depends on whether you've already got kind of a lot of other areas or whether you've got any holes anywhere else I think if you're seeing yourself as being close to a contender and you like you like that running back and, and you play that style like it's, it's a it's a run offense that you want to get towards getting that fifth year on someone that you, you like and almost the dime a dozen part is, is almost a benefit to you as well because if it doesn't work out really quickly then then statistics will say there's more for you to find either in free agency or whether later on in the draft the following season or anything along the lines of that so it's not the worst idea to have but I think if you've got a lot of holes or if you've got a lot of places to fix a running back similar to wide receiver a little bit is a bit of that luxury element to what you're playing um, I know for personal even if we didn't have Montgomery if, if the Bears went with all the other issues we have if they went and got a running back I'd be like okay that's fine, but we've got so much other holes that we could have filled. Um, but there's other teams who get another running back. I'm sure Kansas City wouldn't mind another one just to add to their list. <clears throat> it would just make them, you know, it's, it's getting, making a good team great or making a great team even better. That's kind of all it would do. Yeah, it is, a, it is an interesting one. Fionn, is there any other, like when you look at some of these kind of first-round prospects, is there anyone that you think that 
maybe the analysts and all the experts are a little bit too high on that may actually fall a little bit that maybe they're expecting them to go in whatever it is top 10 top 15 might actually fall into kind of the 20 range uh yeah i think i think probably if any of them are likely to fall i reckon it's the linebacker i forgot his name now hold on one second i'll find it in a minute uh, the guy at a pen staking it, Micah, Micah, Parsons. Micah Parsons. Yeah, I think he has a chance to slip. I've heard a little bit about his uh, personality-wise has been an issue. Great player, I think the tape speaks for itself. But yeah, I think he's one of the guys that you really got to look out for. I think as well, some other positions you want to look at is you guys have already touched on how deep the offensive line is at the moment. And so I think some of the draft grades on these guys are going to be really, really fine. After Penesul and Rashawn Slater, I think the next maybe three, four, five guys are all ranked really, really close together. So you might see a bit of shuffling depending on who comes up where, whether draft, whether trades happen, you know, who falls where and who has someone ranked higher than another. I think they're, they're another position that we might see a little bit of shuffling around and a few eyebrows raised here and there about, whether or not that was the right selection at the at the position they were taking. Yeah, absolutely. Dara, I guess same kind of question to you. Do you think that there's is there anybody even within the draft kind of process that you've heard a lot of experts being like very high on, but then you're not quite sure if some of the teams would kind of agree with that? Because look, I think this year more than any, we're gonna get a lot of surprises just because we mentioned it earlier on in the show, but with COVID, with all these medical reports only coming in pretty recently, that there probably is going to be a big difference in terms of the team's boards compared to what you can see now, whether you're watching on ESPN, whether you're watching on kind of NFL Network, that there is going to be a, a big kind of difference between from team to team on a lot of these players. Usually it's very similar outside of that kind of top 10 usually. Yeah, outside of the top 10. Well, I guess maybe not so much in the first round, looking at sort of the later rounds. And I've been looking at sort of the second round for, for Seattle. And for me, the, the primary objective in the, in the second round was sort of a, an offensive lineman or a center. And there was two that I had my eye on in particular. And that was uh, Landon Dickerson or um, Quinn Miners. Uh, so they were two that I was looking at. But from a few reports that I read that a lot of teams aren't too high on Landon Dickerson only because of the injury history and that they'd probably have to move him. Uh, he goes, he play, I think he plays a centre at the moment and they want to move him to a guard because don't, they don't think he's actually able to play centre in the league. Um, and for Quinn Miners, he was, I think teams are a bit wary of him because he actually was a... <laughs> defensive lineman in high school before he changed uh, midway through high school to be an offensive lineman so teams are a bit wary on that so they're two sort of players that I've looked at that I like but teams don't seem to very interesting tweet now I don't know how serious this is because I know there's been some reports about Denver Broncos but you know Mark Schler the he's I think he's based in Denver he does a lot of work on offensive linemen he's kind of putting his neck out there basically saying that the Aaron Rodgers deal will be done to the Denver Broncos so that's a very interesting one but then look there is going to be other reports so even if that was happening it's you would expect something soon to kind of come down because 
look, we're about to kind of start the draft as kind of Roger Goodell gets booed on, on the TV by the fans. It's great to see this now where we didn't really get to see him get booed last year because he was in his basement. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, look, um, no, I'll bring, I'll bring you in on this because we're about to start the draft now. Last year was a little bit different. We got to see Bill Belichick's dog make a couple of picks. We got to see all these kind of players in the rooms. How good is it to kind of see the draft back to kind of semi-normal where we've had to deal with a year of even just in college football where there's a lot of teams that didn't even get to play? Yeah, no, it is. It's great to see things just start to trend back in the right direction as well. And look, as you mentioned there, the draft isn't the draft unless you have fans there booing Goodell. So, I mean, that's... That's part of it. That's part of the fun. That's what you look out for. So just to see people there again and to see normality slowly starting to creep back in is is great to see. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's it's a really interesting one. I'm, I'm going to bring you in on this, Anthony. The one part that I always hate about this kind of first overall pick and happens pretty much every year. Last year, we knew Joe Burrow was the selection and the Cincinnati Bengals wait until the very last second to call that in. We're going to see the same thing here with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Don't you think that for every minute that they kind of waste here, that they should have to like donate a certain amount of money to charity? Because it's a waste of time for a lot of fans here, where everybody knows that Trevor Lawrence has been this pick for a good, what, six months now? Yeah, they should just, they should even just skip it over and just guess. So, by the way, going back to Goodell being in his basement, I'm sure somebody was booing him in his own house. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'd say I'd say he wanted someone to boo him just for the sake of memory. Anyway, sorry. Regarding your question, yeah, I think there is. There's everybody knows this should be over. It's now what one sixteen. It should be over at one eighteen. We all should move on quickly, and then Zach Wilson should just be shoveled out, and then we go straight to the real business, which starts at three. Yeah. Um, and then go from there. But look, look, there's a bit of pantomime to it. There's a bit of, I don't know, whether they want to get adverts done. That could be an issue as well, commercially. I don't know. But it's just definitely something that uh, we just, let's let's get it on, please. Let's move on, please. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I guess one one interesting one is just actually, I was thinking about it when you were mentioning kind of the interior offensive lineman, Dara, because one person that's within that group and I mentioned earlier kind of Liam Eichenberg a lot of people expect him to actually go higher than others were expecting and now his expectation amongst kind of the media was second round so he's a possibility that he could get his name called out towards the end of the, the round tonight the other one is Creed Humphrey which is one of those centers that is probably the top of the class but still was kind of a favorite to go in the second round and that is another possibility Dara I guess in terms of a interior offensive lineman, what do the Seahawks really need in terms of that? Is it just they need someone more for pass pro or is it that they need kind of one of those? Do they need, like when we talk about center, that's usually kind of the captain of the offensive line. Is that what kind of Seattle are missing in the interior of their line? They are, for sure. It's definitely centre. Um, for most of the year, it was Eaton Postage playing there. He was a guard who was brought over to play centre just this past season. And he just, he, I don't think he's one of those captains, like you were saying, that can call 
the defense and see if there's uh, anyone blitzing around. Um, so I think that they need a, a center like that that can see the field and can see sort of plays developing that uh, that can help uh, Russell Wilson. In terms of the guards, uh, I think they're fine in that sense. They, they drafted Damian Lewis last year, who was really, really good as a rookie. So he's going to grow and be an even better player. On the other side, they traded for Gabe Jackson from the Raiders. A really good one to replace Mikey Paddy, who retired. On the left tackle, you've got uh, Dwayne Brown, you know, absolute veteran studs. Uh, I think we could be coming into his last year, so they might look at possibly uh, with that like late seventh round, they might look at maybe getting a left tackle there, or he might wait till next year. We'll, we'll see. And then on the right side, it was Brandon Shell from the Jets, who was probably the most surprising signing of. of uh, last off season and how good he actually was because it was a very underwhelming signing for a lot of uh, Seahawks fans seeing that uh, Brandon Shelby starting on the on the right tackle position. Now, as you guys will know, it was Jermaine Effetti there beforehand, so we were just delighted to be rid of him no matter what. You know, at that why stage. do you think we want an offensive tackle so much? <laughs> <laughs> I know you took well to be fair, you took him for the well the vet minimum anyway. So and like someone we gave him a contract him. for a year. And then we gave him a bigger contract because we're dopes. Oh, you kept him. I didn't know you yeah, kept him. Yeah, a nice contract this year, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoa. oh I'm he so sorry. Something like three million. I know it's, it's you should terrible. be sorry, you gave him to us. Ah, <laughs> uh, he was a free agent. We didn't do anything. He he chose yeah. himself. Just a just a quick one, Lazo. I thought it was hilarious. Is the New York Jets have tweeted out hurry up, Jaguars. What needs to happen then is the minute the Jacksonville Jaguars make their pick, every they need single to, yeah. person needs to tweet them saying, hurry up. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know they're going to do the exact same thing. But yeah, look, it, it's going to be interesting. Like we look at here, obviously we've said that it kind of starts at San Francisco, but I kind of want to move to the Atlanta Falcons pick because there's been a lot of rumors whether they trade back, which is probably very unlikely because a lot of the teams that now would be interested in the quarterback are actually in the teens or in the 20s. Because you look at even the teams after Cincinnati, Miami, Detroit, probably don't go quarterback, Carolina, probably don't go quarterback. If this Aaron Rodgers rumor to Denver is true, they, they won't be going quarterback. So I guess I'll bring you in this knowledge. Do you think that this for... Atlanta, would it be smart for them to try and trade back, or is a player like Kyle Pitts just too good to kind of pass up at this point? Yeah, this this Falcons pick has, has intrigued and baffled me the last few weeks because the the options they'll have, <clears throat> you would think to move back would be a number of teams to go in there, but then you look at a player like Pitts, and you, you know, is is that a great player you want to put out there to give Matt Ryan another option? Um, and then there's always the option if, you know, Matt Ryan is, what, 35 now? Maybe they could take in a, a quarterback who's not going to play for a year or two. As you say, you have the fifth-year option in the first round. So, he can say, alas, if he's there. Um, so, like, they, they have so many options there. Uh, it, it's hard to know what they'll do. Personally, if I was there, I'd be taking Pitts. I think he's a, a fantastic player. I think you're probably going to get another couple of years of Ryan anyway. Um, so, for me, I would take it. But... I mean, if they trade back, sure, it just gives them more picks to, to fill a few more holes. Um, so I think either way, they're in a good position. Yeah, it's an interesting one. So we've been talking about this, Anthony, about if they did trade back, 
it's an interesting one because I guess it depends on what some of the talks are behind them. Because I don't think anybody's looking at four to be the starting point to where you actually have to move up to get a quarterback and probably start at six. Now, I guess the the only thing is if there's a lot of rumors like above and somebody wants to kind of jump up past everybody, you probably have to go there. But like we said, there's probably not a lot of teams in that top ten that would want to be moving up to number four. And look, we had a we had a show on Monday night with it and there was two Falcons fans and they said kind of the furthest that they want to move back is to nine. So at that point, you think is you just have to either take one of kind of Pitts or Jamar Chase and just kind of build up on that offense, especially, look, I mentioned Chase for the main reason is with all those rumors surrounding Julio Jones that came out over kind of, I think it started up on Monday, Monday evening. Um, So do you think that at this point, Pitts is just, too hard to not take at this point because of the weapon he is or do you think they will have a bit of a conversation that maybe they move back or maybe they do take a wide receiver in that spot I think Julio Julio Jones is a perfect example of of an NFL draft week rumour rather than actually being the truth Um, I would have been absolutely shocked if Atlanta would let him him go Um, and I think I think Pitts is a lock I really do. I think Pitts is a lock for them at four. Makes total sense of what they're doing, especially given Ryan the extra couple of years. He, he's just, he's potential Hall of Fame if it, if it goes right the way that they're saying him. I know he's a 21 kid, you know, kid who destroyed teams in, in college, but he just he just looks like he has got so much to his game. Um, and I think if you're Atlanta and you're four and you've got, in your head, Matt Ryan sitting there for at least another two years, I don't know whether you get another chance at going at four. So... They, it just it just means it would makes it would make total sense to them to go and get pits and and just add them to the weapons that they have. Yeah, I guess I'm going to use that kind of comment that you made towards the end that they're probably not going to be at four again. I'll bring you in on this, Fion. I would usually be someone that if you don't expect to be at four again, is that not the perfect time to then select your quarterback? It's, I mean, it's so tempting, isn't it, when you're up there and and given that the two that you would have already had graded out as the first two by by everyone else's standards in the NFL are going to be off the board, right? And you have that chance of, well, let's see what San Francisco does, and if they take the guy we don't like, then we can have our shot. But I mean, I think Matt Ryan has some years left in him, so I don't think they have to be in any rush. I thought they were going to trade out. I thought the Broncos were primed to come up and take their slot. Uh, that's obviously not going to happen now, or is very unlikely to happen now. So, personally, I hope they go for Pitts, uh, just because I have money on Penesil being taken before uh, Chase. So that would uh, that would suit me if they didn't pick Chase at that yeah. position. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? Like. Because they've so many holes to fill Atlanta, and we, we discussed this on our last podcast. Is is a tight end really the best addition? He might be the best athlete, but is he the best overall improvement to your team as it stands right now? I don't know if he is. Yeah, it's an interesting one because often when you do look at even first-round players, that tight end is one of those that actually takes a little bit of time to get used oh, to the NFL. The pick, the pick is in, lads. The pick is in. Finally, they only had this <laughs> pick up until They only February. left it down to inside a minute. 
and they've been showing us they've been showing us Lawrence highlights for the last seven minutes. Yeah, and they were showing what all the, uh, the all the bad things quarter, he does. The, the previous quarterbacks, Byron Leftwich, Blaine Gabbard, Blake Bortles, maybe four time lucky. And look, here's Goodell walking as slow as he possibly yeah. can. Get out of that of chair. Get out of that chair. <laughs> That's my chair. Get out of that chair. <laughs> uh, it's. I always find the first the first overall pick very funny because we all know who what this is going to be since February. They only had that long. Yeah. Come on, Jets! Come on, Jets! He's one of the only players as well that chose not to show up, didn't he? We, yeah. we better we better see a runner run over to Goodell while he's on stage with the Jets pick, being like, "We already here know go, who." Here we go. There we go. All right, Shocked. so it's official. The the one thing that again every time they show Trevor Lawrence, he doesn't look too pleased, does he? He looks no, like he's just he never looks up. happy. No. I kind of like that in the QB though as well, that he's a bit pissed off. That's not the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, look, the, the, it's always <laughs> interesting with Trevor Lawrence. Like everybody's been talking about this kid since he was a freshman in college, that he was always going to be kind of the next big thing. I know a lot of people, even at the time, they were talking about like Joe Burrow last year, but their true kind of next superstar is going to be Trevor Lawrence. Now it's going to be interesting to see what can he do in Jacksonville. Look, they have a pretty decent kind of wide receiver corps. I'd probably guess that the leader get another offensive lineman or they'll probably get another wide receiver in the second round. But look, I guess, um, Anthony, I'll, br- I'll bring you in on this one. What do you think that Jacksonville need to concentrate on now, now that they have made the Trevor Lawrence pick official? They probably need to build around them. A little bit more, but also probably give him, give him, give him targets to hit and give him people to go. So they they can actually go and have a look at best player available almost when it gets to their their point, and then have in their head right. We look at O line, we look at wide receiver, we look at just giving him targets to go at. And I think that's where they should be concentrating on, and then they can worry about their def- defense kind of almost afterwards. That they they just start to build around him because this isn't something that'll do in in twelve months. It'll be a twenty four months, thirty six months conversation with him because he's got a, the five year option. It does open the five year window for them, and I think they need to just do it slowly. The other thing is is people might want to go to Jacksonville now because he's there, and yeah. they find that they may get some some decent. Uh, undrafted free agency free agents because that's the other thing that we haven't talked about yet because of the cap issues teams are going to have to cut players left right and center and i think you're going to find that there is going to be some very cheap available talent that will do a really good job for teams like jacksonville especially with their cap space and um, for the next for the next 12 months and jacksonville could turn this round relatively quickly based on that yeah it's an interesting one i kind of want to bring this up because Look, we're hoping that for the new season there'll be fans in the stadium and things like that. And I guess for being a little bit kind of selfish that Jacksonville are always a team that do come to play in London, that it will be a very good thing for that London series that you have Trevor Lawrence being kind of one of these kind of, I guess, players sells a lot of merchandise and sells these tickets. Look, these games will... Get, these games will get sold out anyway now, but having a quarterback in Trevor Lawrence is just a lot different than what we've seen over the past couple of seasons when we have seen Jacksonville come over. We've seen like the likes of Blake Bortles. <laughs> we've seen Blaine Gabbard <laughs> playing some of them. We've seen kind of journeyman quarterbacks all the time. They played in London for 
pretty much every season that they're over there and how good it is to have a real quarterback prospect to come over and actually be able to see in, in person over this side of, of the pond, as they say. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a, it's a marketer's dream now to have the number one overall pick being that, that quarterback. I mean, look, as you say, those games sell out anyway. That's that's not going to be an issue. But people aren't going to see Jacksonville generally. It's, you know, they're going because it's an NFL game or maybe who the Jags are playing. But now you have a legitimate, you know, superstar. He's the number one pick, the quarterback who is, you know, some people say could be a generational quarterback. Um. And yeah, it's 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 just it's it's a great way to push that game forward now and to to get more traction with it with that kind of big name attached to it. Um, yeah, so as you say, hopefully the crowds will actually you know be able to go to the games and 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 they're back up and running as soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we're now kind of going down into the three minutes, and the Jets still haven't yeah. put their pick yeah, in. They so. haven't. We saw them all clap each other on the back, but they haven't actually handed in the card yet. Somehow. <laughs> so, so yeah, basically everybody just needs to, job, t- to tweet at the Jets and just tell yeah. them to hurry up so we can actually get this draft started. So we can actually talk well, about. So well, that's great, actually no idea that's coming on. What would be great is if Jacksonville did. So if Jacksonville sent a tweet yeah. back to the Jets going, hurry up. That would be absolutely whoever the marketing or the Twitter manager for the Jets would be that's the perfect response to that. Come on, Jess, let's that, go. Lads, is another way of improving the London games to get rid of Derek Carr as well? Like he's been absolutely woeful in these London games. <laughs> Fair point. Not a, not a fan. Not a fan of Derek Carr, you might know. That's just the beauty of like the pick is in. Go on, sorry, sorry. The pick is in. Oh, I'm a bit. Uh, I'm a bit ahead of broadcast. I'm on the app. Go on, finish your point there. I apologize. No, I was just going to say it's just, that's uh, we're just the victims of uh, you know teams relocating. And isn't that the rule? Like, if you want to relocate, you have to play a load of your games as international games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that is it. And then the the only thing is that's interesting because isn't it usually that if there's a new head coach that they don't have to? But this time, yeah. but this time around, that um, obviously it's Jacksonville. I think they always have a deal in with with uh, yeah, the international one. Yeah, because our owner owns Fulham football team as well over in London, and he want he he wants to take Jacksonville over to London. He wants them playing in Wembley as their home stadium. Oh, he he like tried that. to buy Wembley, didn't he, a few years ago? Yeah, he tried to. Yeah, yeah. Like nine hundred million or something like that. Yeah, Sounds like they, a good deal to me. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it it is interesting though because I don't know what you guys have. I don't know if any of you have seen that. I know when the Bears were playing the Raiders over there, getting to see some of the games over in the new Tottenham Stadium is set. It's kind of unbelievable in terms of when you actually go to some of even the games over in the States. The stadium in Tottenham is ridiculous compared to kind of, especially for us anyway. If you got a soldier field, it just looks like old and kind of worn down. They need some kind of they need to freshen it up maybe they need to i know there's a lot of kind of debate over in kind of chicago whether they should move to arlington and move to seeing that story the last yeah. day or two where they're, they're they're talking about it now speculating now yeah Zach wilson picked yeah it's official yeah. there it's on the app 
It's on the app. It's, it's on the app. It's behind on my TV because he's just about to yeah. uh, announce they're about, it. Yeah. They're about 30 seconds behind, I reckon, between yeah. the app. So. Yeah. Right now, here's the mm. interesting. Ten, pick, yeah, guys. ten minutes from now should be very interesting. We've done, yeah. the, we've done the two that we knew. Now let's. Okay, so now, so now we can have a proper conversation. So we are on San Francisco. So obviously, the three possibilities we have Justin Fields, which we haven't heard too much about. We have Trey Lance, and we've and um, we have Mac Jones. So yeah, McCor- McCorkle. Jones, uh, that's the one. So look, I'm going to start with you, Phil, because you have you said that you were a big fan of Mac Jones, that you were kind of he's your second quarterback in this class. Um, Yep. So do you expect that the right decision here for San Francisco is to stick with their guns when it was their original one that they wanted to move up for, that they should go with Mac Jones here at the number three overall selection? I think he fits their offense the best, to be honest with you. I think he does what they want him to do. Uh, They're going to be a heavy run game. They always have been. And so they just need a guy to manage the game on the other end and and run it a little bit like Tannehill. And I think uh, Mac Jones gives them the best option for that. So, yeah, I think the front runner is everyone thought it was a smoke screen. Me personally, I think they've done the reverse of what they did last year and they're going to go ahead and, and select the guy that we all think they're going to select. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, Dara, I'll bring you into it because... I've always been under the assumption that, look, if you were planning on trading all that picks up for a particular prospect, it's probably not the best idea to then halfway through that process to then change your mind because you obviously had conviction originally. But do you think that Mac Jones would be the correct selection here? Or do you think someone like Trey Lance or Justin Fields would make more sense in the Shanahan offense? Yeah, no, it's it. I don't think it's the right selection for the 49ers. I think I, I, I said probably from when they made the trade, I felt like they should have went with Justin Fields. And I'm still sticking to that, that they should have should have gone with Justin Fields. As a Seahawks fan, I'm delighted they're going with Mac Jones. I can't wait for him to come to... Uh... I hope he does his. I hope they pick him and I hope he wins the division <laughs> for the next four years. Uh, you know, I say this stuff and like I am a little wary of that, but I don't think it will. I think, I think, th- I think there is an issue going on there in the 49ers that isn't being reported just yet because we've kind of been privy to it a little bit by some of the reports that have come out saying, okay, so I think uh, the scouting team really like Trey Lance, but Kyle Shanahan is all about Mac Jones. So there's a little bit of a division there in the team. And I don't think that's going to help going forward because the scouting department are going to be like, well, why did you send the scouting if you're going to go against what our recommendation is? Now, I know he's the head coach and it comes down to him and, and John Lynch, the GM at the end of the day as well. But I think that there could be like, if this Mac Jones, if it does, if it is indeed Mac Jones, like we thought, and if it doesn't work out, there's going to be serious questions about Kyle Shanahan and whether or not he is the right man to move forward with the 49ers as crazy as that sounds as as successful as he has been with the 49ers but these sort of decisions can cause rifts in the team and I think it's going to be very interesting to see how next season goes if it is Mac Jones yeah it's it's an interesting one I'm just looking at the screen at Zach Wilson and his family you can tell one thing Zach Wilson is definitely his parents son because his brother looks the exact same so I guess if you're uh, we're going to be having a lot of memes later on if he sucks in 
the Jets and someone will be saying it's actually his brother and it's not actually Zach yeah. Wilson. But look, <laughs> it's it's an interesting one. I guess I'll come to you now. Um, no, what do you think that the 49ers should do or what do you think that they actually will do? Like we said, there is that as we mentioned before that there could be a little bit of a division originally that they wanted to move up and get Mac Jones and there's all this talk about Trey Lance. If you were in kind of that seat, what do you think that they should do at that point? Well, look, as, as was said there already, I mean, if they've moved up with the intention of Mac Jones, then that that's who they need to zero in on because when it comes to quarterbacks, Shanahan's not too bad. You know, he, he's, he has his own system there. And at the end of the day, it, it, it comes down to fits. And if he believes that Mac Jones is the quarterback that fits his system best, I mean, if you look at his history, he's worked with Jimmy G, he's worked with Matt Ryan, who are more, you know, if you're talking about Lanson Fields and Mac Jones, Mac Jones would more fit their kind of style of quarterback. So, look, if that's what he thinks works best in his offense, if that's what he thinks he can plan best with, then, look, Go for it. I mean, personally, I, I prefer fields, but then, as you said earlier on, some of the guys have mentioned, it comes down to systems and, and who is right for what you're going to do. And if Shanahan feels that Matt Jones is the one, then, you know, go for it. Stick with your conviction and go for that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting with Ian Rappaport's just about to talk now about it. I guess while we're waiting for it, one of the questions that came in, I, I'm assuming this is in relation to the Bears, so I'll let you answer this one, Anthony. So, do you think that the Bears will be trading up for a quarterback or do you think that they'll probably stick at where they are at 20? It'll depend what happens in the next two minutes um, because what the 49ers do will dictate a lot of stuff that comes after that. I think there's also, the, because Denver thing hasn't been confirmed, it's it's going to mean even more interest because where do you if you are going to go up, Bears can't go to seven at Detroit. They're worried about Carolina taking a QB. So suddenly you're going into six with Miami. Will Miami trade all the way back to 20? It's just, it's going to become really interesting. And if it's just Mac Jones left, and no disrespect, Phil, but if it's just Mac Jones, do you go all the way to six to get Mac Jones um, for the Chicago Bears? Because what they're about to give up? Oof, I don't know if that's, if that's something that I'd feel massively comfortable with. But then again, Mac Jones is our QB. I wouldn't be too disappointed. It's a, it'll, a lot will depend now. Looks like the four ers a lot of rumors that are coming out is that this will probably be Trey Lance just because that's kind of everything that's been going on the last couple days the Mac Jones stuff has slowly died down so I guess young because you said that it was a that he's your second guy on on the board how far do you think that Mac Jones would actually fall if he's not selected here at number three because we haven't heard a lot of other teams that have been linked with him well, I hope he falls to 19 because Washington, I hope, should <laughs> should take him then. One one slot before you guys without trading anywhere, that would be, I think, a brilliant scenario for us. So if he does fall outside of this pick coming in right here, that's going to be very interesting. Yeah, it, it sounds from basically everything that's going on that this will probably be Trey Lance, which is an interesting one in itself, Anthony, because Trey yeah, Lance confirmed. Is- yeah, it's it's very much that pick where you're projecting into the future that this is one where Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be getting traded because Trey Lance won't be ready this year. But this is possibly one of those where they're trying to find very much like the Chiefs did in Mahomes, 
not the guy that's not ready, not too polished, but probably has. Mm. Other than Trevor Lawrence, probably has one of the higher ceilings in the draft. Yeah, I think I think so. I think this guy could could be the real deal. And I know we speak that all the time about QBs in the draft. This guy could be it. Um, and look, I th- I think it's 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 created an interesting one. What happens next? I it's still it's still open for conversation what everyone does now because Atlanta do they really like Fields and were they expecting Fields to be gone and they're coming in at four and they're going as we spoke about you asked a question ten minutes ago yourself is this their one chance to be at four and are they going to get their generational quarterback that they think they're there to take over Matt Ryan in, in a year's time then go get him and that would be amazing if their four QBs go in the first four picks uh, Trey Lance has a lot a lot of upside to him. He's also the one that would have the big sign bus coming up behind him as well because there's not enough information potentially there to, to say what he's going to be like. But yeah, the, the one thing that I would say about Lance, Trey Lance... Yeah, the one thing I would say about Trey Lance there is probably that out of any quarterback... Now, we haven't seen, we're not going to see what Mac Jones and Justin Fields are going to. Yeah, that could change if someone possibly goes to the Patriots, but like San Francisco is probably one of the best situations for... Trey Lance to go into. He doesn't have to play straight away. You have Jimmy Garoppolo. Problem, I guess, though, is that Jimmy Garoppolo does get injured pretty much every season. So, Dara, in terms of that, how good do you think the fit is here between Trey Lance and the San Francisco 49ers? This is a good fit. I think this is a good fit for the team. He he is, like we mentioned earlier, he is similar to Justin Fields, where he can run that RPO quite well uh, he's got the the legs to run away from defenders if he needs to he has got the arm strength as well for uh, those play action passes I think this is uh, I hate saying it but I think it's a good pick for the 49ers I think um, it's an excellent pick for it's, the 49ers it's, it's, it's one like you're probably going to sit a year I don't think he's ready to start um, straight away but yeah I think I think he's going to do well in, in this system and uh <laughs> You can tell how happy I am with the tone of my voice. It's an it's an interesting one though because look, if you if you compare this to the end of last season, I think this is probably around the spot that Trey Lance probably would have went because he had such a good season last year that everybody was talking about him being a top five pick in the draft. But then obviously not playing or only playing one game this season was. Always going to be a worry for a team because, look, you always want to have a bit more sample size. So it is a bit risky. And, all I bring you in because, look, as as Bears fans, we've seen what it's like to only have a quarterback that's played one seat one season of college football, and how tricky that can be. And add that the Trey Lance wasn't even he wasn't at like a, a big school. I know North Dakota State in terms of their conference is kind of like the Alabama of their conference because they win every single year. And he put up a lot of kind of records that Carson Wentz had previously. But do you think there's any downside to this selection for the San Francisco 49ers? I don't know if you'd say downside, but you can definitely say unknown. Um, As you say, they're not the biggest school. I mean, the other schools, you're talking about Alabama and such are big schools. So, you know, the player coming from there, like Mac Jones, has been in from what college terms would be a a big city, you know, a big, big team. So he he would kind of deal with more of the pressures and more of that kind of stuff. So it's hard to know how Lance will will deal with that. 
again, because you don't have as much tape, you know, you, you can definitely see the talent there, but you don't have a, a massive sample size to, to, to go on. So look, I, I don't think it's a down, you know, I, I think he is a good young player. He definitely has talent. He definitely has an upside. It, it's just unknown. Um, and that's that's where it comes. But then, look, if Shanahan can can work with him and they can develop him correctly, give him the time to sit. As you mentioned, Garoppolo can get injured now and then, so I, I, I don't know if he ends up getting called in earlier than they, they, they plan to. But if he can get that time similar to Mahomes to be developed, to learn, you know, it, it can be a great signing. So just time will tell on something like this. Yeah, some good comments here, just saying that they're happy that we found us. Look, it's... It's great to have all the good comments coming in. We'll be here all night for this. Again, I guess this kind of makes me think of, the, I guess, the, the remaining two quarterbacks because obviously there's going to be a bit of a rush for Justin Fields. But I guess the one thing that if you're New England, Chicago, or even Washington, that do you have to force that trade up now that Mac Jones is still on the board, that he can fall into that late round if you don't want to give up all that big capital? I guess I'll bring you into this, Anthony. Is at this point in time, do you think that let's just say for the Bears, should Ryan Pace be hell bent trying to get whether that's the number six pick from Miami or the number eight for Carolina, or do you think he can probably wait to see what Detroit does before making his move? Because look, let's say if Justin Fields does go at eight, I think then you probably do have to just move up and go get someone like Mac Jones because it gets to this point where. You look at that kind of, you look at the teams coming up. There's not too many of them that badly have to get a quarterback. There's the kind of three or four teams that we mentioned, depending on what Denver does. Philadelphia possibly, New England 100% want to move up, but they don't obvious. They don't usually move up. So what do you think is going to happen with these quarterbacks? And the pick is in for Atlanta, which we probably expect to be Pittsburgh. Go ahead, Anthony. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think what and we spoke about this all the time, what, what Ryan Pace does what's best for the franchise and the right thing to do, and what he panicked does is two different things. If he suddenly got in his head that Fields is his guy and that's the only one he wants, I'd say he spent the, the last ten minutes basically begging the Atlanta Falcons whatever he wants. And I'd say he'll do the same. He'd even ring the Bengals. I'd say he'll ring everybody if that's what he wants to do. The the real one, and this is we haven't even spoken about this tonight, is whether he'll be allowed to make that phone call. So but whether the only the only thing I have, you do the only thing Anthony is, and I I get the whole thing about will he be allowed, but surely if a GM was allowed to trade three first round picks and Roquan Smith and whoever else on the roster for <laughs> Russell Wilson, that you would have to let them do whatever they want in the draft. At the end of the day, they the, the ownership did say that they would that they're the football guys. So for me, it's it's one of those that you if you've brought them back, then they have to be allowed to do what they want in terms of needing the way they want to do it and that help them be successful. Look, the pick is in for Atlanta, I guess. It's no, pits. where do you think it's pits? It's, it's pits. It's okay, pits. So, Just be look, pits. I, I guess from one to four, maybe a little bit of a not so much unknown at three, but so up to this point, it's been pretty expected with some of the selections. So we've Kyle Pitts going number four to the Atlanta Falcons. Now I'll bring you in on this. What do you think of this selection? Is it good for Atlanta that they have another um, person that, again, they can bring into this offense? It's already stacked with you have Calvin Ridley, 
you have Julio Jones, Matt Ryan still there at the quarterback position. Now Kyle Pitts is there, the new tight end. Yeah, I know. Look, he he is a special player, and I mean, he, I know they they talk about that quarter or tight ends can maybe take a year or two before they they settle into it. So it'll be interesting to see if a player as hyped and as as pushed as as Pitts actually takes that time to to settle in. Well, I, I I like the move. I think you're giving you're giving Ryan another weapon. You're getting a potential top, the best quarter tight end possibly in the league as he develops over the next few years. In, um, yeah, no, I, I think it's a good move. I think it's a positive move for them. Very interesting tweet from Adam Schefter. The 49ers did not tell their coaches or scouts their pick. They didn't know the team was selecting Trey Lance until the pick was announced. <laughs> there, there we go. go. We, we know there what that's we like from John Fox and Ryan Pace. <laughs> the issues start here. Yeah. Oh, this is what smile. Dad was hoping for. Look at the smile on Dad's face. I told you guys a rift was going to start, and now it's beginning. Oh. I didn't realize that Ryan Pace was uh, drafting for... The San Francisco 49ers <laughs> or it's a, uh, it's it's an it's it's an interesting one. Look, I still think that the, the pig of Trey Lance is probably a good one. It probably suits in terms of where San Francisco wants to go in terms of the way Shanahan likes to play offense. But look, again, there it will depend on the system. Like you could easily put Mac Jones into New England and then he could be the most successful quarterback of this class. Like we talk about how Trevor Lawrence is definitely in terms of ability will be the best, but then you also have to think he will be in Jacksonville. That Jacksonville is very much like the Jets, and what can go wrong will go wrong. So it will be very interesting to see what happens. But now we're we're going to be coming up to Cincinnati. So if you want to bring you in on this, yeah. this one for me, I think is very straightforward. They probably have to go wide receiver or. It's either wide receiver for me or you go offensive tackle with Panay Sewell. They're the kind of main two things. Look, you either protect Joe Burrow or you give him more options. I guess the wide receiver from LSU makes sense because they already know each other. But what do you think at, at this point? I think it's tackle. I think it's Panay Sewell. And, I, and it touches on something Dara mentioned a while ago, and that is that it doesn't matter how many weapons you give him. If he doesn't have protection to throw it, it counts for nothing. So you got to protect him first. He also mentioned uh, the release of the uniforms. And I had Joe Burrow sitting on the throne. And you see that big, ugly scar running down the front of his leg. That tells me you should have one priority at the moment. And that's making sure that that can never happen again. You can always build more weapons around them later in the draft. It's a, it's not the deepest wide receiver class ever, but there's a few that you might get a little bit later on. So, uh, for me personally, I think it's tackle they should be they should be looking at. Yeah, it's a, that is an interesting one in terms of. <clears throat> yeah, you, you do have to protect the quarterback because the last thing you can do is do another kind of Andrew Luck where he's one of these kind of top-of-the-range quarterbacks and you've spent so long not being able to protect him. Daryl, I'll bring you in on this one. If you were kind of a Cincinnati fan, what would you be hoping for? You drafted your franchise quarterback last year, first overall. This year, what should they be looking at at pick number five? Oh, you definitely have to protect him. You definitely have to get that that O-lineman. Uh, Fionn, thanks for referencing what i said on the show very good memory of you there but yeah like 
that that injury was was gruesome last year and he can't afford to get anything close to an injury like that again you need to protect um him like we were saying there are going to, they're going to be picking at the top of the second round there's going to be some good wide receivers there that they can go for but like this is an elite talent tackle in Penesil that can play the left side, that can protect his blind side. You've got to just make sure that you've got to put everything in place that he is going to be your franchise, not just for the next two years and have to retire early because of injury. Yeah, absolutely. It is It is an interesting one. I guess, Anthony, do you think of anything different? Do you think maybe at this point you go and get that number one kind of left tackle in the class? Or I guess we've said the same thing for wide receivers. We've said for offensive tackle that, there will be still guys probably left on the board by the time Cincinnati are picking in the second round or even if they want to move back up into the first. So do you go and get the best wide receiver and best weapon that's left in, in the draft? No one's as good as Sewell, though. Um, he is that much better than everybody else in that position. And I think that they will go, they will go to protect Burrow. I think it's, it's the smart play to do next because, again, it's about building again. And that's what smart our team start to do it's not just about winning now it's about let's see if we can start building and building and if they get if they get Sewell in that's your that's yourself set up for the next 10 years in that position and it allows you to really kind of develop yourselves also the money on your QB and your main tackle is minimal compared to what you can do then with money uh, that you would save up for next year so it's a smart move wide receiver yeah look there's superstar wide receivers do not get me wrong but I just think that that tackle position that'll just help or I think it's the ultimate smart thing to do really well just because uh we've been talking about left tackle the whole time the pick is in and by all reports that it is going to be jamar chase the wide receiver out of lsu cost me a fortune cost me two euros (laughs) (laughs) it's that's crazy realistically though look i understand the idea i think the problem that a lot of people have about peninsula is that while he's brilliant in pass protection, I think there's a lot of people that aren't big fans of him in the run game, which, look, you can you can build that up. But I I guess one thing that comes to mind is, and I'll bring you in for this now, is do you think the quarterback has any kind of say in this, that he wants his wide receiver from college that he had such a good relationship with, that where this wide receiver scored 20 touchdowns when he was only 19 years of age with Joe Burrow? Um. To be honest, I, I don't know if they're going to give Joe Burrow the... I mean, maybe they'll ask him, but I, I don't know if that's going to be the, the deciding factor. I think at the end of the day, I don't know. I, I'm with the lads. I, I would have gone soon myself, but I mean, look, uh, Jamar Chase is, is, is a quality player, so maybe they are looking at that. Maybe the coaches are looking at the, the, the link-up they've that he's had recently with Burrow and, and just thought they want to recreate that there. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I, I think the coaches probably just made that decision themselves and, and looking just to get the best out of their, their you know, their, their franchise quarterback. Yeah, where, does, where does Sewell fall to now? That's the question is I was going to ask. Is it Miami? Think, Do Miami that, take him with the next pick? I, I would say the Lions. To, I think he goes to Detroit. And this, yeah. is one, this is one thing. I think if you're a Bears fan, you probably – hope Miami don't take Pineso because yes. if he's still there for Detroit, I don't think they trade out of that spot. I think that they stay there. There's a question here, and I guess it's it's an it's an interesting one in terms of just 
some of our American listeners, is if there's a lot of American football fans over in Ireland. There are. And then for us here, do you guys stream during Bears games? We will be streaming during Bears games this season. Um, we will have a couple of different people that will be on different games. We'll hopefully be getting fans of kind of the opposition teams as well. So there's a bit of good old crack and banter that we, we like to say over here. But again, look, this I think this next pick for Miami is actually an interesting one because yeah. there's been a lot of different players mocked here. So it's not so much like the... I think for the first five picks that we knew exactly kind of other than maybe the 49ers, what it was going to be. So is there any position or any, I guess, prospects that you guys think of here at this position for Miami? Anybody want to kind of talk up here for this one? Do you think it's going to be the same as uh, what is clearly the Bengals mentality for Burroughs? And you take your quarterback you got last season and you give him as much weapons and talents as he can and they now go wide receiver again either waddle or smith whoever you rank it's an interesting i think you kind of have to because my look i think for miami you probably have to go either offensive tackle or wide receiver because they just don't score enough points Mm -hmm. and it's one thing you want you want to try and give to the best possible way to be successful down in Miami. We saw that Ryan Fitzpatrick did quite well at the start of the season. Tua came in, and he just didn't look like he was comfortable enough for a large portion of the season. But again, you look at the receivers that are there. Look, I know there's like Devontae Parker and things, but they need someone that's going to be able to stretch the field in, in Miami. Who does that? It's an interesting one because... Devonta Smith is probably the better of the two quarterbacks, but if you're looking for a wide receiver that actually stretches the field, you're probably looking at Jalen Waddle, but I don't think mm-hmm. he gets selected here. Is there anybody else that thinks maybe this is the perfect spot for a guy like Panay Yeah, I think I think the conversation will be had because I think they all expected him to go to the Bengals. And I think they suddenly are going, well, he's still on the board now. And I think there'll be a real conversation happening right now as to what they do. I st- I agree, but I agree with Fiona, I agree with yourself. I think they do go wide receiver, and um, because they need to give Tua something to hit, and they need to give they need they need to have no excuses for Tua at the end of the season, um, whether he's going to make it or not. That'll be the decision based on on the and if they can give him a proper wide receiver target in Miami, I think that will really give him no excuses at the end of it. I think that's the, that's probably the the conversation. I yeah, think was it was it Jalen Waddle is down in was from Alabama as well. So yeah, both of them. That's where where Tua came yeah. from. So it would make sense for him to be mm-hmm. selected by by Miami here. I think in terms of their O line, I think they're okay in terms of they can wait another later rounds to get someone. Um, but I I would say if they're going to go with someone, if it wasn't Jamar Chase available, then I say they would have went with Jalen Waddle after that. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's an interesting one, actually, because while Devonta Smith probably had the better season this year, Jalen Waddle was actually better with Tua who, last year. So, Who has Miami got at wide receiver right now? Because I think that's going to really Bill Fuller dictate. And, uh, Devontae Parker. Okay, so I think given those two guys, I think they can afford to take Devontae Smith just because he's a smaller guy. So if you're going to ask him to maybe sit at two... 
or even three for his first season and not be that number one guy, he's going to have to play in the slot. And I just think he's too small. But given those two guys, I think they could easily take Devontae Smith. Yeah, it's it's definitely an intriguing option. I still go go back to this point, though, is you probably need to get a left tackle because you have, like you said, you have Fuller, you have Devontae Parker, you can probably get somebody else in. It, it, it's an interesting one here, I guess. Those are, I think those are kind of the two options, really. You go wide receiver, you go offensive tackle here. Unless, I guess, unless anybody... Well, the pick is in, so nobody's traded up to this point anyway. So I guess what we're looking at is probably from Carolina if the, if this isn't the left tackle. Um, so it is an interesting one. Um, could it possibly be a defensive player? Mm, I think it's too early for that. I think... Uh... I think the the best ones available. I think a cornerback. I think uh, the Dolphins are sort of okay. Um, and who was a linebacker? Well, maybe linebacker because they let uh, Kyle Van Oy go. So the one, um, I, I guess, the one question that I also have is kind of looking towards Detroit as well. Is could they possibly be one of the destinations for one of those Alabama wide receivers as well? Because, oh, definitely. You want to get uh, the weapons in place for. Um, for Jared Goff, especially after Galladay, especially after Galladay, yeah, exactly. So it's definitely it's not a bad show. I saw a few mock drafts saying that Smith would end up in, uh, in the in Detroit. So it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be the craziest option. Yeah, and I guess the thing the thing here for if it's Penesu, like they're just showing on the NFL draft here, is that they got this big haul for Laramie Tunsil. Imagine going from Laramie Tunsil straight to then Panay It's a pretty good haul then because you basically get to trade away one of your kind of left tackles that would have been a franchise guy to another guy and you still have a lot more picks. It is an, it is an interesting one to see what this pick may actually be. It's probably what wide receiver if on this yeah. one. I still think that Jalen Waddle is probably a better fit for this offense than Devonta Smith, even though I think Devonta Smith's probably the better wide receiver. Um, because I think Jalen Waddle just had a better season with Tua when he was at Alabama. Yeah. So I think that one would make sense if that is the pick. It is Jalen, is it? Jalen Waddle. Yeah. All right. So that one actually that one does make a lot of sense. Again, may have not been the best player left on the board but it definitely makes a lot of sense. And now it gets very interesting at Detroit. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, they would be crazy to trade back. Like, you need to protect. Look, you yeah. have guys like Khalil Mack in your division. You need to have that left tackle. I think it's the perfect chance for Detroit probably to get one of the probably top three talents in the draft here at number seven. So I think if it was me, that's where I would be going with this Detroit pick. Does anybody else think maybe again, possibly wide receiver here, you lose Kenny Galladay. You've lost pretty, I think they lost three wide receivers this off season. So they don't really have anybody. 
to kind of stand on here. So maybe could Detroit take that third wide receiver? We could actually have three wide receivers in the top ten picks. I, I mean, can I, throw, can I throw a throw a silly one in? They won't go QB, will they? No, no, not the amount of money they're going to have to pay. Not for they, God, not the money they're paying Goff. No way. So, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think so. I mean, what makes them so interesting is that they're such a dumpster fire. They could go. That's kind of my point. Directions. Yeah. They could That's go linebacker. They're that bad. Interest. Interesting tweet here from you know Benjamin Albright, the Broncos beat reporter. He just goes Broncos eyeing trading back question mark. So. Wow. That's an interesting one. So somebody may be trying to get up to nine. So again, that that doesn't discount if it is whatever, whether it's Chicago, whether it's Washington. It could even be the Saints trying to get their corner or New England. But there is still that Carolina pick that's going to be very interesting because there are rumors that they want to trade out as well. So I think the I think that this gets really interesting. Um well, it looks like the Lions knew who they wanted because no tra- no Lions saying pick is no pick is Lions, in. Yeah. Pick is in. Yeah, so they knew who they wanted. Pene- that was pretty that's quick. I think, it's got to be. I think that's that's one where they probably expected the Dolphins or um, Cincinnati to go here. And once, once, I think their idea was if Penesil is there, we take him. If he's not, we try and trade out. This is probably <laughs> quite good news for any Bears fan because I think this is one yeah. where. We are worried that if you did want to go up and get Justin Fields, that the Lions were one potential team that would be able to stop that. I guess the only other problem now is again, what can you what can you use to trade up? Because look, it's you're gonna have to do a lot to try and get somebody to come back to twenty. Um, so that I think that's one of the biggest problems that Chicago has right now. I think if there's a trade up, you're probably still looking at New England, probably the most likely at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, I'm assuming this is going to be Penesil, so I guess we can kind of, kind of, go what we might think in terms of how good this is for Detroit because you do have Jared Goff coming in. Some would say it's a downgrade from what we've seen in Matthew Stafford, but again, he has been injured the cat the past couple of years. So I guess I go with, with you, Dara. Is how how good do you think this pick is for Detroit Lions if it is Penesil? Oh, it's a, it's a really good pick. Uh, it will give yeah. the Lions the protection that they they desperately need for for Jared Goff because he is someone who doesn't have the ability to get out of the pocket and make a run for it. He will he will stay there and he'll take the sack. But if you can get some protection there for him, obviously there's less likelihood that he will. Now they still do have a problem, like you were saying, they've lost a lot of wide receiver talent. They don't really have much to throw to other than their tight end Hawkinson. And I think they who did they sign? They signed Terrell Williams, but he's injured a lot of the time too. So you can't be guaranteed you're going to get a full season out of him. So there is wide receiver issues that they're going to have to address later on in the draft but it's one of those the best player available pick right there and it's definitely the the right pick I think for Lions yeah so I think this one there's a couple of people that have been saying that this is going to be Panay Sewell so I think that one's pretty much a certainty now look the next two picks in terms of Carolina and Denver these are the two I think sweet spots in terms of teams trading up for Justin Fields, I'd say Mac Jones is probably more of maybe at 11 where the Giants are if somebody wants to trade up there because the possibility of Philadelphia. 
Um, I guess the interesting one here is, let's say for Carolina, if they don't trade out, what prospects could they be looking at here? For, for me, it was always, I thought they were going to go linebacker. I think they've, they had a strong defense in the past that got them really far and really well under, um, under Ron Rivera. And obviously Luke Keekley retired a couple of years ago and they've never really had that talent, that linebacker, uh, linebacker. So I always had them as probably the first guys on the board who would take a really strong look at Micah Parsons and really consider whether they want him. Now, I think he can make an argument for a couple of different players there, but for me, he was the guy who stood out that, okay, maybe this is the first place that's going to look at a linebacker. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It's uh, I still think if you were Carolina, you've brought in Sam Darnold. Is this a possibility of a place to go for maybe Rashawn Slater? That's where I, have them, I have them taking Slater now, just because you want to give Darnold that opportunity to, you know, to, as you were saying earlier, I don't really know who Darnold is, and maybe this is where we'll find out. And I think you just do what you can to, to give him that <laughs> oh, chance. The Lions to, are happy. Anyway. The Lions are delighted with whoever. I love oh, also that they have. I love also that they have fully vaccinated over the logo just to make sure no one's worried that they're all jumping and hugging each other. Yeah. That that's that's all like Dan Campbell's into. That's uh, that's got to be Panay Sewell, right? Like I can't believe yeah. he dropped this far. Yeah. Has to be. Yeah. Yeah. They they probably picked him because they probably asked Panay Sewell, "Are you gonna?" Eat anybody's kneecaps, like <laughs> Dan Yeah, it's coming. So that's all he asked. Yeah, it's, it was definitely going to be tonight. So the minute they picked that within about a minute, you knew it was definitely someone they yeah. did not expect to be there. And with the reaction that they just had, um, it's yeah. very interesting. So rightly so, rightly so as well. By the way, that is a brilliant pick for the team. <clears throat> yeah, it really is. That's. It's very interesting. Look at your man on the screen. Wait till you see your man on the screen. Brilliant. It's it's very interesting it's like in terms of what's left. That I would say probably best available players in terms of coming towards the end of the top ten. You Justin Fields, Devonta Smith is still out there. That'll be an interesting one for the Giants. I know they are very interested in Devonta Smith, so they'll be hoping he falls. You still have Rashad Slater. <laughs> I just see what I saw what you're talking about there, Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> very, very that's brilliant. Good. That's brilliant. And that's oh, all they got. <laughs> if, Bill, if Bill Belichick, if this if the New England Patriots don't have the dog in the room when they're making their pick. I'll be so mad. Trick. They missed a massive trick. They had the dog announcing it. It'd be even better. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting here if I guess it'll be interesting if both Carolina and Denver actually take their picks and none of the quarterbacks go there. Because Dallas and the Giants have both been teams that have wanted to trade out. And once you get into the teens, and look, this is one thing that the Bears can look at, and it's probably why we haven't seen more rumors of an actual trade going down, is that once you hit the kind of teens, you don't have to end up giving up multiple first-round picks. Mm-hmm. And... That's one interesting, and I think that's what what you were mentioning before, Anthony, the fact that Trey Lance went third. I think we're now starting to see, I think you probably see Justin Fields go off the board, probably within the next couple of picks, but then you may see Mac Jones get into that kind of 14, 15, 16 range. It's, it's a 
interesting prospect over the next kind of couple of picks. But there, like I said, there's a couple of really good players that are in most seasons will be top 10 picks. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it is going to be interesting to see. I think Denver is a very, very interesting one. They're definitely taking their time, Carolina, with this pick. Yeah, I don't think they know who they I don't I think this top seven picks has shuffled everything around a little bit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they know who they want now out of what's left. I wonder if they could be on the phone as well. That's true. Yeah. Working out a trade, yeah. Yeah. Do you reckon then the two favorite landing spots for the next two quarterbacks could be the Patriots and Washington either to trade or to stay where they are. Do you think that's the most likely landing spots for the next two guys or are you going to uh, draft uh, somebody else? The, the reason why I would say Bears in terms of Washington is the draft capital is pretty much the same. <laughs> and I just think that it's – well, from what it seems like in terms of the pre-draft process and stuff, that Chicago seems a lot more desperate to get a quarterback than Washington. Yeah. And that's mm. the only reason I would say that. But look, the other – rumor that has gone out before is that Philadelphia could be looking at a quarterback. So that's also a possibility. You look at even Minnesota, they have to start thinking about when are they going to start kind of get going away from Kirk Cousins. So about two years ago. (laughs) Oh, I have, we have a running thing on our podcast. Oh my, I cannot stand Kirk Cousins since he played for Washington. He's just a bottler. Like, he just can't finish a game. We had three seasons in a row where we had a win the last game of the season and you're in. Two of them against teams that were out of contention, mostly the Giants, and he couldn't do it. I'm I'm gone. I would hope that the Vikings move on from him pretty uh, soon. Pick is in. Pick is I'm in just, for Carolina. I'm just praying this With is like not 40 seconds Justin left. Fields. I hope this is not Justin Fields. It would be very, interesting. Very interesting. After trading no for Darnold's. Yeah. It's very interesting that they didn't do And I think the reason they didn't get one here is there's two quarterbacks left. And I mm-hmm. think there was no team that's going to be desperate enough to get up there. I, I like You have to think about it. New England, and even if it is Chicago's, they probably don't need to make this big of a jump yet because they know what the draft compensation would be. It just depends on what actually happens. I think, though, like, if you change, obviously, what happened with the 49ers, it is that those seven players are the seven players we thought we would see going in the the four or seven rounds. Now, not to the teams we thought, but definitely the the rankings of them is is correct. Okay, so it seems like it's between J.C. Horn or Fields at this point. So this is going to be an interesting one. Mm. I think Horn is a better fit, but why would you not go certain over Horn and a cornerback? I I think it's just the interception production. That's probably it. And he he was also against a lot of very good wide receivers. Um, it's a it's a tricky one. I don't know what's Rumor. going on. Yeah, rumor that they have Carolina guy has. Yeah, JC Horn. Wow. JC Horn. Interesting. Okay, that's so a, now, that's now a big this is where it gets interesting. This is I where don't... I think the trade comes. 
I don't know if anybody had him that far up the draft board, did they? No. 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 I thought he was going to fall probably to like 16. Very interesting. He did go to, was it, North Carolina College as well, so... Yeah, well, maybe they want to keep him in state. Yeah, oh, this is this is interesting because I think of the yep. next Fisher. three of the next three picks, you could easily see the trade for the two quarterbacks because you're seeing. Look, at this point in time, anybody trading back isn't going too far to where it's stopping you from getting. Kind of someone because you look at in terms of a lot of the big positions in the draft, the number one pick of those positions has already been taken. You look at, but I guess there's still Rashawn Slater that's out there for somebody that needs offensive mm-hmm. line help. I so, thought the Giants would take him. I I think the Giants are hoping that Devonta Smith falls. Oh, that could be interesting. But if you're paying Galladay all that money, do you not want to give your quarterback time? <laughs> it it would make sense. It would make sense. I think I think Dallas now are in an interesting position because I everything I heard was that they were big on JC Horn. Yeah, I yeah. thought so too. Um, I I was sure it, was between, it was between him and uh Sertain anyway. I think they wanted yeah. to get a cornerback. So if 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 Sertain goes before Dallas, then Dallas will probably look to trade out then. Come on, Vic fan Joe. We need a bit of a we need a hand here to get like some sort of quarterback in here. We've get, we we gave them Kyle Fuller the least they can do is give us the number nine. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's a, I think that's a fair enough trade. But uh, yeah, it's it is very very interesting to see what will happen. Look, I think this is it's worked out up to now. If the Bears do want one of those quarterbacks, it's worked out pretty well. Because you've gone past eight and neither one of them have gone. So mm-hmm. if let's just say they have pretty even grades and Mac Jones and Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Because like we said, like even just here, Fionn has Mac Jones second. There's going to be certain teams that will have him high as well. We we know the 49ers had people within that building that liked Mac Jones. And you have the same thing for Justin Fields. So Apparently, everyone except the GM was high on Mike Jones in the 49ers building. Yeah. The, only guy, the only guy who wasn't is the guy who made the pick. Jesus. I know it's uh, very so interesting. Broncos, this is interesting now. Um, I, I, I think they're going to go with Mika Parsons. That would make, it would make sense because it really does... Um, it really does kind of link up with the head coach, but yeah, I just I have, I have such a bad feeling that they're just going to go quarterback. I think they have the luxury right of of what we talked about earlier, where you just traded for Darnold and you traded for him, right? So that's a guy you like. It's the same head coach. He went and got his guy. You surely give him one year, yeah. knowing that even if he's a flop, there's always quarterbacks every year, so you yeah. can always reach some other year to go get him. And if a guy you really like has just fallen, which is possible given the order we've just seen, I think you go ahead and take the guy that you feel like you would never have a chance to get otherwise. Yeah. The thing about Denver here is this has to be a this has to be a spot for Rashawn Slater as well. Because like they've Possibly. had a lot of problems. Like they don't know if Juwan James is gonna be playing this this year either. 
I still think that this pick gets traded. Um, but this one, I think, is the most uncertain one. I think this is the last pick to where a team would have to give up a haul to move up for. I think once you start getting into kind of from 10 to 20, that kind of compensation just goes down by quite a bit. If we get past this draft pick, do you think that means no trades then for the rest of the first round? No, because I, 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 I think some, if somebody other than New England wants a quarterback, they know they have to jump over okay. over New England and possibly so, over Philadelphia. So I think it goes either Dallas or New York because both of those okay. teams have wanted to trade out and they've made it very clear. So unless someone that they absolutely love um, – but it, it's it's interesting. If a quarterback doesn't go here, I think any team that is looking for a quarterback better be on the phone with Dallas and New York. Well, if yeah, it's Dallas, yeah. well, that means that rules out Washington anyway, even if they wanted a quarterback, because your two oh, division rivals yeah. are not going to trade out to let you go get a quarterback. Yeah. But uh, one, one team that I. I think of the next five picks that I'm not sure where they go is the Chargers. I don't know who you guys think. I would go off. I would go offensive line. Okay. If, if Slater, I had Darasaw going there, but maybe Slater now if he's free. Yeah. This is very very interesting. And the man it's, we're seeing on our screen at the moment, Devontae Smith, is falling. He's still out there. See, I think if he falls to the Giants, I think they take him. Giants or the Eagles again? They they could do with a wide receiver after getting uh, after getting who was it last year? Um, Jalen Rager. Mm -hmm. But uh, he didn't really play for them much last year at all either. I think he. I don't think he was. I don't think he had a productive season anyway. Um, But yeah, this one is going all the way to the wire. Again, is this another team that I've been calling around trying to get out of this pick, possibly? It's a very interesting one that someone, even both both these guys in terms of Matt Jones and Justin Fields, that they've fallen up to to now. Because you look at it and there's going to be teams that, look, quarterback usually gets overdrafted anyway. And you see two guys here that have had success. That's um, very interesting. Daniel Jeremiah's best available, and Mac Jones isn't even on the top, whatever that was, twenty guys left available. Yes, that's, I, know. I think that's a bit. That's a bit. That's a bit harsh. I yeah. think, given what it's doing. Uh, it's not right. Pick is in. Pick is in. So they picked. Uh, no trade. They don't look happy. They don't look excited. They don't no. look happy. <laughs> it's, that, like, that not, they not the, get a trade. That is not the like face of someone that has just picked a quarterback (laughs) please please don't be (laughs) oh feelsy boy they couldn't get the trade for uh, Rodgers over the line yeah (laughs) oh oh this is gonna I hope it's not because then it's gonna be even for whoever goes up they're not gonna be trading loads and loads of draft capital Mm -hmm. um it's good value now. Any trade up is good value for whoever does it. Yeah. 
Come oh, on, guys. Put us out of our misery. Tell uh, us. This, this is this is one of the this is one of the real interesting ones, I think. Anthony's got the fiber optic broadband in at the moment. He seems to be getting the calls before any of us get them. So we'll see <laughs> yeah. what Anthony tells us now. What happens down a car, kid? What happens down the it's because there's no one out. There's no one out there, so like no the broadband is super fast. No, <laughs> brand, no bandwidth. <laughs> I, I actually think a, this could be one that if you mirror your head coach, you probably got Michael Parsons here. I mean, I like Michael Parsons. I think he's a good he's a good choice for anyone who has any kind of questions on defense outside a corner. I think he's sure. Ron goes with Ron goes with their number nine pick. Go. With- Cornerback Sertain. Patrick Sertain. Oh, okay, wow. so now we need now to the Cowboys that. might even look to trade out. Now the we Cowboys need to might trade out. Yeah, I think that shows none of us know what we're talking about because none of us <laughs> decided Sertain was going to go to them. But no, that's a but, weird one because they no, got Kyle mean, Fuller. But I, I, the yeah. the only thing is this probably makes sense to why the Saints wanted to move up. They probably knew that there was because look, JC Horn and Sertain have gone back to back. So now you're going to see someone try to move up if it is the Saints to try and get that third corner because we've now seen a little bit of a run. Darren's made a great point. They got Fuller. Why did they need Sertain? Why not? You need to going. Yeah, when, when there's other, I don't know, when there's other options. There. I look, it's, I'm not disappointed, but I think, yeah, Dallas have been screaming they wanted out of there, out of 10 as well, haven't they? Come oh, on. For they want. They wanted one of these two cornerbacks, and now that they're yeah, both gone, I think that's they're going they to have to, to get out. Yeah. At this point, I think it's a no-brainer for anybody that's looking for a quarterback. You, you have to go up because you probably only have to spend, in terms of first-round picks, is this year. Because yeah. this is very similar to what the Buffalo Bills did when they moved up. And they only had to spend, I think it was a second round, a first round pick this year and a second round pick the following year. So it's going to be very interesting to see what comes what comes up. It's interesting. Do you think uh old buddies Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones can do a deal to swap New England and Cowboys around? I really hope not. Raiders love a wild move. Like they've taken they move up and get in the first round. Like yeah, they trade up to get a player no one else wants. They traded to get mud. Yeah, we saw run on we saw run on cornerbacks, and that sounds a little bit like Caleb Mond. So we went up and we got him just in case someone else is going to get. Oh god. Hey Jake, sorry I didn't see you under there. Hey, what's up? Oh, you're How you're good. Doing? How's it going, guys? You, yeah, good. How are you uh, feeling hey, so man, far? It's a crazy first hey. ten picks, isn't it? Way crazier than I expected. Um, I'm happy just from like a football perspective that Mac Jones is not the pick at third. Um, and I'm pretty stunned at the last two picks, the two cornerbacks. Um. And are, are you guys all Bears fans? No, no. we have a Seattle fan and okay. we have a Washington fan. And just for everybody who knows, Jake is from – you're from Chicago, right? Yeah, I live in the uh, suburbs. Well, he's a Chiefs fan. Yeah. Jake, why are you so low on Mac Jones? Why are you glad they didn't go well, Mac Jones at three? I thought – okay, so if, if the Niners didn't pick Mac Jones – 
it didn't sound like any other team in like the top 16 was necessarily that high on Jones. So if Jones doesn't go third, then there's just this wild question mark about whether he'll fit with, you know, a mid teen round team um, like Washington or Chicago, or it just kind of makes the entire process more complicated because Mm -hmm. you have this guy who isn't, isn't automatically connected to, well, so you were, yeah, you weren't ahead. low on him. You just wanted to see the chaos that ensued when he wasn't selected. I, I am all for Sorry. the chaos. That 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 is Sorry. all I care about. Yeah, she- Schefter's just tweeted Dallas Loki the trade out of ten. Uh, oh, now it gets interesting. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be New England. You just know it's it. Be. It's, it's got to be. It is. Yeah, it's going to be New England. Uh, yeah. I thought you were going to say that it was New England. Like I thought you were confirming it as well. Yeah. No, it's got, I'm looking. No, I, it's it. It yeah. Points. I'm like literally. That. I'm literally just trying to like refresh the whole time. I just. <laughs> I just said. Oh no! It's the Eagles. Eagles. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Eagles. Why so, they only moved up? Why would they do that? They're taking. Yeah, they're taking why are they they're tra- taking a quarterback? Yeah, why they're, Dallas weren't going to take a quarterback in wait, New, why, New York? Why would? Yeah. Why would? Why Dallas would you trade up two that? spots that you didn't need to? But what I don't get is why would Dallas trade with philly yeah exactly like that's what i don't get oh i guess philly yeah. traded to stop new england i guess but like yeah, yeah i but... see why would you it's the same reason we thought washington wasn't yeah. going to trade up like no one's going to trade to their division rivals why i bet philly got fleeced in this there's no way there's no way there's no way like dallas are trading to a division rival i wonder if this is a wide receiver my app is still Smith? showing me. Really? My app is still showing me Eagles picking at twelve still, yeah. but I don't know if that's just an error on the, on the TV. It shows yeah. there. Yeah, oh, no, it is. It is. I, I I think this is probably going to be Devonta Smith because think about it. The Giants wanted him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my guess is whoever you know, they, it has to be someone who, because for Dallas, either way, one of your rivals is getting whoever this player is. So. It has to be someone you think the Giants want, so yeah. Yeah, but also you're only going back two spots as well. And so Dallas, Dallas, big, Dallas have only got they got a turn around pick, yeah. Um, so it's someone I that Dallas. This didn't is definitely want. a wide receiver, I think, because Dallas got a wide receiver last year. Yeah, and they've got Cooper, yeah. and they've got a whole. It, ton it of would people. it would make no sense for them to for Dallas to trade out if you're going to get Eagles there quarterback like at this oh, point surely yeah. you would surely you would do it and say okay you need to tell us who you're taking otherwise you reject it all the coverage is based around wide receivers but they could have said right sure we're going to take x and they could just be lying and then just take this is true yeah it's just i, it's I don't very think he'd be a quarterback i, I mean, think it's Devonta smith i think it I think because it even if it makes sense even if it was a quarterback, sure. Dallas won't be taking the quarterback anyway, so why not trade with the Eagles? Because they're not going to take him. The Giants aren't going to take him. So well, I, I can't see it being quarterback. Well, see, the reason I think it's Devonta Smith is because they probably thought the Giants were taking The Giants will take or, him, and it doesn't matter to Dallas Slater. which one gets him. Rashawn Slater is an option as well. He's still, yeah. he's still on the board. but um, He might go Giants. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, 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 think the, gone. I think now the Giants will try it out if Smith's gone. Well, no, they could still do with going after uh, Slater as well. Yeah. I mean, especially... uh, you know, you know what's going to happen, though, right? Is that Justin Fields is going to fall straight into New England's lap, and they didn't have to trade? Yeah, anything. they didn't trade anything, <laughs> and they already have eight hundred and seventy-five picks right. in this year's draft. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bill and his voodoo doll again. Dallas to draft a running back because Zeke is shite. That's <laughs> <confirmed>. <laughs> That is brilliant. Uh, I wonder. I might. I am actually twenty seconds. That. Twenty sec. Here, if this is a trade up to get who New York want, and they run over time, do you do you think New York poaches like literally puts their ballot in ten I seconds am, as soon as they're on the clock? I am like and Knicks. I'm about picks. twenty seconds. Oh, no. Pick is in. Pick is in. Pick is in. They got it. It's what could this be? That would be hilarious. Imagine trading up to rob your rival only for not to leave a lot time on the clock so That'd they can just drop the head of you anyway. Very NFC East situation. Yes, classic yeah. NFC East. Yeah. Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith. a third rounder just yeah. to pick exactly where we are. Yeah. Jesus. Dallas are like, now nah, we hate the Giants more than the Eagles. We're gonna like <laughs> that's exactly what they've just confirmed. They're like, who do we like least? The Eagles. Okay. In fairness, now, they're right. Now it gets interesting. New oh. York are definitely closer to the division title than the Eagles are. So right. it, yeah, that's I think what it makes sense. Like oh, the Eagles, even with this pick, aren't really a, a stone's throw. Like, yeah, no. First place. but it just goes to show you like we were talking about how the value of the trades plummets once you're around 10 but that's a a third rounder just a third rounder and that was it so like once you get to here you're not spending another first round pick so like that's what I'm saying like both New England Washington and Chicago could all just be they could have fairly even grades on these quarterbacks that they don't actually need to. Now Chicago would have to um, would have to trade up past um, Washington. It'd be very funny though if they did this and they just left the Giants to take someone like Justin Fields. <laughs> Daniel Jones on the trade block. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, after getting yeah. after he finally gets a wide receiver. <laughs> it's a good pick though for the Eagles. I think they I think yeah, this, they, he's gonna they do just, well. They just messed up last yeah, year. It's Smith. it's Smith. Yeah. That's so funny. The Giants are having trade talks Ooh. at eleven. Oh Ian Rappaport. I Please don't have enough screens, lads. I don't have enough screens. <laughs> I only have one laptop and one phone. I can't keep up with all these tweeting. Well, I'm, di- I'm, I'm, just, lo- I'm just looking. At, I'm just looking at it on uh, on uh, my laptop most of it. I have the TV though, so that's kind of it helps. But, I yeah, just that's imagine uh, like Dave Gettleman coordinating a trade in this time. The the Bears move up and they give them a seventh round pick. (laughs) 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 
and throwing Gerard, Gerard Williams as well, just for the laugh. I honestly, what would drive Jake, our New York co-host, nuts is if the New York Giants traded out of the first round entirely and just was like, yeah, no, we'll take like a second round pick. <laughs> And let somebody crazy come up and draft. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for full implode of New York. Yeah, it's it's very interesting because it's it's one of those that you probably see anywhere from what lads, Minnesota pick to Chicago that these two quarterbacks probably go. Lads, Devontae Smith, twenty three yeah. touchdowns in twenty twenty. Yeah, ridiculous. That's a joke. <laughs> Freak. <laughs> if he gets half that at the NFL level, that's worth it. The Eagles should be trying to get Mac Jones now to give it to him. Yeah, oh, we true. moved up. We moved up. We, it's Bears. Uh-oh. That's Bears. quarterback, right? He did that's it. quarterback, right? Do not pick fucking Mac Jones. Now the fear kicks in. Where is he going? (laughs) Here's the moment, guys. It's a hundred percent Slater. Hundred percent Slater. Don't say that. (laughs) Hundred percent. No. We're gonna kick it out of this. (laughs) (laughs) This has to be Fields. It just has to be Fields. Please. I could disappoint you Jones. At this point, I'll be at this point. I'll be really disappointed just because. It's so close. Please. What did you just give up to get again, here? Can he? uh, probably uh, has, whatever. I don't hot. care as long as maybe, the pick's right. Maybe a second rounder, just because of the amount of space you had to jump up. Y- yeah, maybe. Oh wow! It ju- okay. It just showed up for me. Oh wow! Oh wow! Sounds good. <laughs> oh the, no, the trade. Just... Oh, the value. The yeah. value. Okay. <laughs> the fact of all that happened. I'm I'm probably like a minute behind. No, I've I only know because I've been like refreshing Twitter like every two seconds. Is this? I think this was the first time ever uh, Dave Gelman has traded down in the first round as well. Mm-hmm. He, he did say it's an urban myth that I will never trade down, which is just like. <laughs> The most ridiculous. Don't, just don't take Mac Jones. Honestly, he surely he can't. You got right. He's fine against you. Yeah, the only thing. It's but when you, but if you compare it to what's available in Justin Fields, you'd be disappointed. If it was just yeah. Mac Jones left, yeah, oh yeah, you'd be right. happy then. Exactly. But no, absolutely, yeah. But you know, when he has the options again. That I, just, I just means... have this like feeling in my stomach that Ryan Pace is just going to pick Mac well, Jones. Well, in fairness, though, hasn't uh, hasn't Mac Jones been doing some off season training with Dalton? So you know, there's a link there. <laughs> Don't do that! <laughs> Don't do that! <laughs> so that Ryan Pace might be trying to keep the buddies together, one way or the other. Oh my! We only okay. sent we sent a fifth Anthony's round celebrating twenty twenty two first round pick and twenty twenty two fourth round pick. So we only lost a fifth rounder this year. But why'd you give up a first rounder? That's a lot. Probably lock. because I'd say they want to keep the second rounder so they can get an offensive tackle this year. That's probably true. Yeah. Just be. Just be. be so does that mean? Guy. Does that mean the Patriots are going to get a quarterback if it that's what they want without having to trade anywhere? And Looks they like just it. like very possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Looks Looks like Dallas won't. The Chargers oh. won't. Oh. Pick is in. No. Not I'm trying me, to anyway. read, read Justin Fields' body language. 
I can't yeah. get it. Please. It's got to be Justin Fields for that amount that you gave up. Also, just like if, if you're it's talking Fields. about security, Pace knows that he's the popular. Yes! Get in! Yes! Come on! Yes! Got him! Yes! Oh, fuck. Sorry. <laughs> Bear down, Chicago Bears. That right, I suppose we have to be happy for them given we're on a Bears uh, a Bears stream at the moment. Congratulations, done. guys. Yeah. Like, like we, well done, I, guys. I don't care what we do in the draft done. now. Don't fuck. care. That's it. Take, just hand over your fucking pick back. Don't care. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Pace, give him a contract. Give him a 10-year deal. <laughs> Naggy, Naggy to the uh, lifetime contract. Naggy for president. I'm never shaking the beard again. Oh, this is amazing. It's never coming off. And we only get him one first-round pick, first pick next year. That's fine. So, do the Patriots want Mac Jones or do they not want Mac Jones? That's the big question now, isn't it? Uh, I, I think, think, take Mac Jones. I think he does well there. Anthony, we've, been, say, do, we've yeah. been saying it for weeks now. <laughs> Choo choo! <laughs> yes. just, just, just give it a minute to sink in. Oh, I, I can't. I've been, I've been literally tweeting like the same picture I made of like of <laughs> Justin Fields for about two weeks, and people today were like, "What happens if they don't pick him? Like, it's gonna happen." It's just like, will. How did he fall to eleven? The, the Panthers and Broncos picking cornerbacks was just the death nail, or like the opposite of a death nail, I guess. Once yes. that happened, it became very, very possible. And wow. Brilliant. Now we can enjoy the rest of the draft and not care <laughs> about anything. Do you know what? Well, our still... five picks have been kind of tense seeing he'll do it. Now we have it. Worry about it. I, want, I, want Fion, I want you guys to come up ahead of the Patriots just to get Matt Jones. I really do. do. It. Yeah, I'm all for that. I'm all for I don't that. know. I, I want to see Cam Newton try and throw Micah Parsons is still on the board, lads. Well, so is Slater. I'd be happy with him. Sorry, my concentration is completely gone right now. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Fucking yes. That's really good, though, because the one thing I've been saying, and we've been talking about this, Anthony, is the big thing they need to do is not give away their second or third round pick this year because they yeah. need to get an offensive tackle wide receiver. Right. What was the, what was, what was the final trade? Because I was just focused on Twitter. I'll be completely honest. Fifth round pick this year and a first and second next year. So they still got second. And third. Second, third, and four, six. And we've got a shitload of six. So therefore, we can start. Oh. Okay, just I do, I'm listening to him actually announce the pick here. He's taking a while. A-Rob, stick around with this. Yeah. This actually puts you have a decent future now because you have a quarterback. Lads, like he, still said, has to, he still has to play a snap in the NFL, guys. <laughs> give, him a, give him a minute. We haven't had a quarterback ever. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, like, my God. This is amazing. Oh, this is man. so good. Man. You know, I'm like an hour. I'm an hour away from Hallis Hall, so maybe I'll maybe I'll just uh, drive over there. Got your vaccines yet? Look, I got one of them. It, so. <laughs> That's good if, enough. Jump in the car and leg. If you want to collect, 
if you want to collect Nick Foles, Jake, on the way there, just drop him off somewhere. <laughs> Couldn't give a rats where you put him. Put him somewhere, I don't care. Send yeah, him I'm to sure Nick Foles would just be like, Yeah, sure, I'll I'll go with you wherever. So what's Dallas up to now then, guys? Because uh, we're NFC East, right? So that's what I care about. Uh, Mika Parsons, maybe? Oh, please, no. Or Sean Lee retired, so. It's true. I mean, the, the two top cornerbacks are gone. I don't I don't see them taking Caleb Farley. <laughs> this is amazing. No, it's way too high for Caleb Farley. Yeah, way too high. He's the one thing is, and I always remember this from and Anthony talking to Aaron Lemming. Yeah. He's like, once you have back injuries, they don't go away, and they don't. <laughs> Would it be too much of a reach for Newsom? Yes, I think so. I think he's more yeah. of 15, 16 range. Yeah, it's not too far away. It's it's it is pick twelve. So. Yeah, but if he's the guy you need, I think you're close enough to pick him. Like, do you know what I mean? Right. Are we, are we getting close to like best best player available? Yeah. Uh, I think we're getting. I think we're going to start getting close to some random prospects being picked that you think that we think are going second round. Because we're getting to that point. Once you hit like fifteen or sixteen, that's where you're going to see. Like we saw J.C. Horn getting picked at eight. You're going to see some guys. Yeah. Also, you have the Raiders coming up, which is like a guarantee. That's what, we, that's what I said earlier. They could go, they could go punter or something crazy again. <laughs> it is going to be, it's it's going to be interesting though. Just um, looking at it from a Seattle point of view, out of uh, the four quarterbacks selected so far, uh, Fields, Lawrence, and Lance have to go to play Seattle at Century Link Field next year. So that's going to be fun in front of the 12, seeing if they can deal with the pressure of the NFL. I actually don't think Fields plays more than three games, four games for the Bears next year. I think he's you think so? I don't think he plays at bad, all next year. You want I think you've got such a game at all, it'll be toward the end of the season. Yeah. We've yeah. got such a bad schedule. It's such a hard schedule we have coming up. Right. I can't see them. And I think the right thing to do is to just have him sit behind Dalton. Now suddenly the Dalton picks looks Makes smart. sense. Yeah, it looks now, smart. Now it's yeah. good. Yeah, absolutely. And plus, if you're if you're Matt Nagy, job security wise, if you if you go to that's five years and say like, hey, <laughs> I went six and ten this year, but Justin Fields is now in position. Give me another year. Oh God, sense to develop him. They uh, just the, compared yeah. Justin Fields to Dak Prescott. That's a bad comparison, lads. <laughs> oh, I'd be real God. worried. I'd be real worried. I've seen Dak Prescott up close and personal. Dak Prescott's he's probably not better worth than any money. quarterback we've had. Yeah, I take that. I would take. Yeah, I don't think you'd realize that literally we've never had a quarterback. Like our best quarterback is Jay Cutler. Yep. What are you talking about Mike Lennon was good. Come on, come on, Mac. <laughs> Tyler Bray, you're gonna say this. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the guy who won like the Super Bowl? Mac, whatever his name is. McMahon. McMahon, yeah. He wore yeah, a headband. No. That, he that, head that, yeah. that was a defensive team. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 McMahon, who said that uh, was a quarterback scout. The Packers were Chicago. Pick is oh, in for man. Dallas. Who do we think this is? 
Michael Parsons. I'm going to go with Michael, Michael Parsons. I'm slowly like coming back down to actually pay attention to the draft again. Yeah, I, I forgot. The <laughs> <laughs> could totally they actually? Forgot. Could they take? And maybe they could take an offensive lineman because he had I issues forgot. on the O line last season. Yeah, yeah. I forgot how dumb looking Mike McCarthy looks. The size of him there. <laughs> First now of his suit. Jerry Jones is going to go for like the shiny toy, and Mike yeah. Parsons is kind of. Uh, Oh, he doesn't the mind yacht? a bit of personality problems. <laughs> well, go, that was go, my... go, go QB, Dennis. Go QB. Take Matt Jones. Just anyone but the Patriots. Just take Jones. After That's the all. highlight of like Belichick and his dog last year, the second highlight was <laughs> Jerry Jones doing all his picks on his yacht. I missed yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fun. So far, the, the the one that your mom was dancing with, what was he? Was that was that Detroit? The Lions, and, I think, wasn't oh, it? Like, that was so funny. Yeah. That's the best so far. Oh my god, this is amazing. We were saying this though, Anthony is like, I would be content with this draft as long as they got their quarterback. And, and look, we were talking, man. We were talking about giving like what we get. We were going to offer. We were talking about three. We were going to throw three first round picks, and we were all this kind they of did, stuff. They did it. They did exactly like I wanted them to do. In the fact that you don't give up too much capital this year because it's a very strong wide receiver and offensive tackle draft, and you need both of those positions. And that instead you give up it next year when next year is probably the time that Justin Fields starts for you. So I think it, I think it works. I think it works really, really well. And I still think we're going to be trading both Anthony Miller and Akeem Hicks in this draft. So it's uh, it's Micah Parsons. Wow, typical Dallas, isn't it? Who's this guy? I have no idea. He looks very happy. Shrasen <laughs> mentioned there. Shasham Lee just retired, didn't he? So they had that hole yes. there. Oh, that's true. Yeah, good point. Good point. But see, now next is the, the Chargers, and they're going to probably take Slayer. That's, That's Slayer, another great yeah. protection for Herbert next oh, year. Oh, I think it will be Slayer. I, I had Darasaw, yeah. but you know, I didn't see Slayer being there, but I, I think Slayer goes there now. And this goes back to the whole point that Fionn made, that this is just falling into Bill Belichick's hands. It is literally like, yeah. Yeah. It is. It will. Yeah, how funny would it be in Minnesota, took it? And then Aaron <laughs> Rodgers leaves Green Bay, and their two rivals got two quarterbacks. That'd be funny. That would be class. But I think, yeah, this is, uh, I say we're going Slater next, I would say. Darashaw keeps falling as well. That's, yeah. There's some good players still on the board, man. I wouldn't be upset if Washington took an offensive lineman. I don't think we need to, though. I think we're still going to go, if no one else is on the board, I think we go with the second linebacker, uh, Owusu Koromoa. Yeah, out of Notre Dame, he's a he's a very good guy, except for they're saying he's more like a nickel. Yeah, but I mean, we, we need that. Nickel. For, yeah, he's too small for an inside linebacker, and but yeah, like in terms dime, of time, isn't it? Sorry, he's dime. basically he's basically somewhere that you can pretty much play him wherever in the defense, and he's just that athletic that he can. He can do. I mean, really Rivera's a defensive coach. We've got a great defensive coordinator. I believe they can fit him in wherever they need him. What about Mac Jones to Washington? I mean, I'd like it. I just, I, I just don't think know if they do that. Yeah, yeah. No, he doesn't get past fifteen. Yeah, 
Yeah. Or does he go up? Do Washington go up? I don't know. I don't know. Well, either the, this we, pick or the next one's our last opportunity. So New England, New England, didn't New England say they want to go down as well if their if their guy wasn't there? Maybe they they were all in on fields and maybe he's not there. They go down mm. likely, but <clears throat> I actually, you know, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter now, Anthony, does it? It's still doesn't matter. Oh, I want the draft is one. The one player we wanted. To be fair, I want Fionn to get a decent player. To be fair to him, he was. <laughs> and I, was I, I wanted to get a decent. Yeah, he, he deserves it at this point. If you have to deal <laughs> with us, like he does. Yeah, it's, it's, it's seven. It's seven minutes. It's seven minutes to three, and he's had to listen to Bear screaming abuse. But like, yeah, I, I'd like you to get a good player. I'd also like New England to get nothing. But that's just a personal. That would be great. Yeah, hatred. Jesus, three o'clock already. It's flown through. I I Green, imagine you're Green Bay fans. Genuinely now, imagine you're Green Bay fans. So there's yeah. all talks of, of your superstar QB wanting out of Green Bay and suddenly Bears get the one that six months ago, four, five months ago, three months ago, was considered the number two QB in the in the right. draft. Right. Oh, that's that's uh and then knowing there knowing them, if if um, Rogers is getting so upset, they're probably going defense again. Interesting. Oh, yeah, great, actually. <laughs> I don't I think know I've lost. Apparently, Mark <laughs> said that he, Rogers, he doesn't yeah. commentary for AFC games. He said that the Rodgers to the Broncos was just about a done deal. That's right. It, which it is doesn't like, make sense now. He's lost all right. credibility. It, yeah. It's Unless something right. crazy happens. Yeah, like they literally <laughs> ran out of time at the last second on the draft clock and they were like, shit, certain. Right. I, yeah, I have no idea what to make of that. Michael Parsons yeah. is such a cowboy. Yeah. He, he is. is. Yeah. <laughs> there isn't another team that would be perfect for him as much as that. Yeah. It's such a typical Jerry Jones pick. It's like last it year with CB Lamb falling to them. <clears throat> do you know what's like? Do you know what's crazy though? A lot of people were saying that there was going to be like no defensive players going in the top ten, and then we've seen two corners, and now you have Micah Parsons coming here. Very interesting. Which which position do you think we're going to see a bit of a run towards the end of the first round here? Offensive tackle, surely. We've only seen one guy. I was going to say tackle. Oh, it would have yeah. to be tackle for sure. Yeah. You got you got Jenkins is still there. Darashaw is still there. Slater is still there. Oh, yeah, Darashaw is still there, man. I think I guess. Slater's probably gone. Chargers <clears throat> probably taking him, I would think. You would think so, yeah. Yeah. And then I think did you hear the the story of Amika Parsons and how he started like a one man riot in his school? I, I did oh, hear yeah, that. that's, that's an interesting yeah. one, yeah. Oh, this guy is just all hype, you know. He's one of those that is just <laughs> going to he's the cowboy. It's a very yeah. interesting one yeah. that they compared him to Jalen Smith. Mm. That was a very interesting comparison. It's so typical as well. The go- the guy that the Cowboys pick is actually there at the draft as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we have Minnesota next. So where do we think they go? 
uh, Jalen Phillips. Who are we saying? Sorry, guys, I missed. Who are we saying? Is the, the Chargers, Chargers? Is the Chargers pick finished? Is it? Oh, yeah, sorry, no, 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 no. We're this assuming it's Slater. They're yeah, assuming okay. it's Slater. Yeah. I thought I'd fallen behind there. Do no. Do Minnesota go safety? Norig, mm, possibly. Uh, I, uh, they need one. They lost Anthony Harris in the <laughs> offseason, so yeah, they need one. I'm just I'm thinking the 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 gap in skill between like an edge uh, like J- Jalen Phillips and a safety like Morig is, I think, pretty substantial. Substantial enough to consider taking the edge, even if safety is a little bit more of a need. But. Yeah. Some very interesting ones. I would say this has to be for Sean Slider here, which then poses where do Minnesota go? Because I think if they would have loved Rashawn Slater to go there, because that they, they love picking offensive linemen. You know, I have them actually going with Tucker there. Yeah, <laughs> Elijah Barry Tucker. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's, that's interesting. He's more of an inside guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's a he's a guard there, but like, I have them picking him as a guard. Yeah, this yeah. could be the chance for Washington to move up. It's their only chance for Washington. Well, the <laughs> yeah, pick is in for Chargers, so we're gonna see where they go. I'd be shocked. Is. I'd be shocked. If this is not um, Slater. because yeah. I think that he's normally, I'd say, probably a top ten pick. But yeah, yeah, that's amazing value. Don't get him. Brilliant. 13, it is, isn't it? Right? Yes. Yes. There isn't a mock draft that I've seen with him that far down. No. Nope. Every single one, I think, have him in the top 10, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, uh, Peyton, we don't care about your ads anymore. Come on. Yeah. It's the only way he makes money. This is, this is the whole NFL. It's just like, yeah, give, us, give us more ads. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't try and do a Tony Romo and get into like predictive football commentary. Mm. Given how good he used to read that like he used to change every call. Yeah. I think he's better at just slagging off quarterbacks than really yeah. calling their plays. Yeah. I was surprised at that Drew Brees commercial. I didn't see him getting involved in commercials necessarily. Well, he's retired now as well. He needs the money yeah. too. Well, hasn't he got a contract <laughs> with ESPN for their uh, Monday Night Football? Andy, to, to go on the whole kind of Bears angle again is, isn't this funny how this is the second time Ryan Pace has called someone a starter and then drafted a quarterback in the first round? <laughs> Yeah, I, Penny for Andy Dalton starts. Let's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you know, Joe you know, you know would be brilliant if, if the Bears put out literally tonight like a picture QB of just QB1. <laughs> should you go? Should you look through the uh, the Bears Twitter account to see if that tweet is still there and not deleted? <laughs> oh, that'd, be, that'd be hilarious. So much for the tweet it now. And so just tweet Dalton. one and then do question mark. And tweet Dalton directly. It's literally correctly. Completely harsh. Oh, the interesting one now, right? The interesting one now is: Do they still keep Nick Foles as well? And just so then they ensure that Justin Fields does not play this season. I mm. think that's it depends. Or do you try and trade them to get rid of that money? But how much money? How, but not is there much there? Because I know we had the, the 
Jed Camp was a big thing with him, wasn't it? But either way, like yeah, yeah but like, that's already do- that's already done because I think it was <clears throat> on a particular. Oh, he's four million. Time. Yeah. So I yeah, think no matter no matter now is you can still save a little bit of cap space. Well, to be fair, that's, that's yeah, that's sorry, man. That's a good QB room. To be fair, that's a good QB that, room. Just that, experience. That's what, what I was. That's what I was saying all along. I think it's the best situation that the Bears have had to bring a young quarterback in because every other time they've had absolutely nothing there in terms of experience, like proper experience. Like now they don't have to, like we said, they don't have to start them. But, it's um, it's yeah. later. Confirmed, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a really good pick for the Chargers. That's, it's very smart as well. Yeah. Northwestern. Yeah. Excellent, He's a big guy, pick. isn't he? Yeah, Jeez. yeah, yes. I think I think the one thing people were worried about, I think, wasn't it his arm length or something? Wasn't it? It's like thirty-three inches or something like that. Shit, his fucking suit is bouncing out of him. That is, yeah, that is a big man. Fuck me, fucking hell. Oh. not bad for him. Goes from. Chicago to LA doesn't have to go to any of these like country teams. Yeah, well, he Not looks about like, twelve. Because going to like <laughs> Northwestern, I don't know if any of you guys, Jake, you'll know this, but like the campus there is unbelievable. You you pretty much have your own beach right there. It's incredible. It's it's so good. Uh, I mean, it's just what you would expect from like a top fifteen university in the country and it's right it, it's 10 to 15 minutes away from chicago too so have they built or are they building their new state-of-the-art sports complex as well that's supposed to be like on the beach glass fronted like indoor training facility weight room overlooking the beach it's got the like the indoor pass and or indoor field and everything like it's supposed to cost like hundreds of millions of dollars it looks incredible that- yeah, that sounds totally on brand. I don't. I, I yeah. hadn't heard about that. <laughs> I guess oh, they're still building it. Then, for a while. Interesting. A couple of things saying here that apparently that the Saints are still trying to move up. I don't get for that. What? For who? I don't. I, I don't, I don't yeah. understand. I mean, they obviously are desperate to get someone good, given they have no cap room to sign Ima- anyone. Good. Imagine if they traded up here at Minnesota. <laughs> How funny that would be! For for what? For QB? Yeah, that, yeah. Like, think about it. They don't actually have a quarterback. Like, who do they have? Justin or was it Win- James, Winston? James and, yeah, James. And Taysom Hill, like Taysom Hill is not going to be playing quarterback for them. He's running it. I don't know. I, I don't think it'd be the, the the worst thing in the world if they were able to get up and get a quarterback. I think it'd be a very it'd be a very Sean Payton thing to do. It would be a very Sean Payton thing to do. Oh, I think it would, it would make more sense to just. They're probably going to be six and ten this year, so why not just pick number eight or wherever you are next year? Get a QB there and add yeah. add value here, but I don't know. It is very Sean Payton though to just. Here's a fun Bears fact for you. Fun Bears fact for you, Karen. Uh, Justin Fields will be the first Bear ever to wear the number one. 
that's if he wears number one. <laughs> but yeah, I'm assuming he will. I would assume uh, he would, but it'll be the Vikings first ever to wear one. Pardon? The, uh, the Vikings traded their Vikings to the Jets. Jets. So oh, Jets wow. are probably going to get their shot here. I would think. Yeah, you would have to imagine. That's interesting. That's a yeah, great move. That, for that, that, makes, that's that a, makes sense because with Rashawn Slater just going. Right. But think about New England, they're going to get Mac Jones here. Now, what what's going to be very interesting, what happens if New England don't pick Mac Jones? Right. Washington. What happens? I think he's like, Washington. You think, yeah. Uh, he, he ends up at Washington. He does. He ends up 19. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have to trade anywhere and he's sitting there, you might as well, given you didn't have to break the bank whatsoever. The interesting one here, the Jets, and I know that, um, no, you mentioned this earlier. Couldn't this be Tucker? Yeah. Instead of of Darasaw. Look, I think this this makes complete sense. The Jets have to get someone to... For their new, yeah, yeah, yeah new quarterback, yeah. and then they still have an early second round pick to get their wide receivers as well. Yeah, you think they need a smart. running back as well at some point? They need everything. There's never been a team that needs everything more than the Jets. <laughs> but the first, the first case, there's you never, have to your QB. Uh, look, there's, there's never been a team more who needs everything who is more likely to not draft anything that they need than the Jets. I mean, Jets do Jets things to be all fair, the time. Nor- normally the Bears do that, but like this is the first year that we've actually done something <laughs> the, in the first well, round the, that makes sense. The Bears, I wouldn't say they're self-destructive. They're just not Very good. as proactive as <laughs> <Right>. they could <laughs> be. <laughs> I'd be magnanimous here on the on a Bears stream. I'll I'm just say they're I'm not just, as I'm good just, as they could be. But look, the Jets... I'm just gonna say I I said this already like earlier on today. I said if Ryan Pace picks Justin Fields, I'm not gonna criticize him until Justin Fields' first contract is done. So I'm not gonna criticize him. So you well think done, Ryan Pace. the whole contract? Hmm? I I think Pace is good. I think Pace is gonna get a new one. Yeah. And he's already got one. No, yeah. I think he, I think they, I think yeah, they just make it public now. now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think. Fair yeah. play to them. I think. Well, look, Delighted. that that trade shows that ownership <laughs> let them do whatever they wanted. No, and in fairness to Pace, like when he gets it wrong, we let him know about it. So when he does it right, and he did play it right tonight, he didn't panic. He didn't jump up when he didn't need to. He he sat yep. there and he waited for it to come to him, almost. So I mean. When he does bad, we let him know. So when he does well, he, he deserves the, the plaudits like, for that, you know? But Absolutely. you know what's going to happen, right? Is there's going to be idiot Bears fans that are going to kind of complain about, oh, but they gave her a, they gave away a first-round pick and a second-round pick, not realizing that, like, this year is probably the year you need to get your offensive tackle because it's one of the deepest classes Absolutely. that we've you have seen. To. That's what I like. We were saying this the whole time, Anthony. Is like, if you're going to trade assets, I would rather trade first and second round picks next year than our second and yeah. third this year because you just need, have to yeah. look at the strength of the strength of the draft. So, and look, yeah, they have four six round picks, they'll get into the fifth round, they'll, there and they'll probably do something else to get into the fourth. It's the way it, that's the way it'll work. And look, it'll be interesting to see. Look, if the Bears come away with an offensive tackle and another. Wide receiver, I think everybody would be pretty happy overall. If the if the draft stop if the draft stop now, Bears have the biggest kind of I think the biggest win so far. Um on the fact that Fields has dropped two eleven. Um I don't think I don't think there's a 
is a big win at the moment to cross everyone because we knew what was happening one and two. I think 49ers with Lance is a smart move. I think the, this Jets move actually is a really smart move if they go and take Darisha. Yeah, um, I, I, I still think it's gonna move. be I think it's gonna be Tucker though. I think he's a better sure. I think he's a better offensive lineman than Darisha. So so they gave a third they gave it they gave a third round, two third round picks, I think it looks like. And Jets Makes get sense. a yeah, so they get the end of the first round, then two thirds, and then the uh, Vikings get a fourth round. Oh, sorry, other round. Jets get a fourth round. Okay, smart. Okay, yeah. how many wins do the Jets get then if they take an offensive lineman this season? Or it this depends. Round? It depends what wide receiver I think they get because I don't think they have enough weapons. This is so I don't know. I still, as well. I, they I, always I, trade back. I still think they'd only be getting something like six, seven wins if they're lucky this year. I they're not I think going they to get be four. the the ready, uh, the ready well, piece. Who, who, who else in their division is ready to win? Like Patriots, we saw what they did. Look, if Cam doesn't improve on what he did last year, you're not going to have a that great of a a team there. You've Dolphins who are ascending. Who's the last team? The Bills. The yeah. Bills, well, they're, they're, they're the going to walk. The that. Bills are going to walk that division. Like this is a this is a great time for any Bills fan because you know they're this, just improving the whole time. This might be Greg Newsome. Now that I think about it, because he Makes seems like a Patriots sense. guy, and the Jets' corners are absolutely awful. Like the majority of their positions. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize some of these guys that they picked up in the offseason. The Patriots are selecting Alabama QB. Mac Jones sources tell the Athletic. That's from that's Connor it. Hughes. That's way early. That's so early. That that's a leap. Yeah. Well, Where look. I think it's. I think it's pretty obvious that that's going to happen. You're right. Vera Tucker. Yeah, Vera Tucker. Say, so given the amount of offensive linemen that got away, do you think the Raiders pick up their shot? Uh, Arizona, maybe to protect Kyler. Yeah, I think I like, I like the idea. If you want to, the Raiders pick up a punter, I think that's a great call for the Raiders. Yeah, I think, yeah, they're for sure gone. I didn't doubt. <laughs> what do they not need? They probably go Najee Harris or something oh, ridiculous. I, I was I was wrong about next in next year's one. It wasn't a second round pick next year. It's a fourth round pick next year. So it's a fi- it's the fifth this year, first next year, and fourth next year. That's pretty good. That's, That's better good. value. You're, ba- yeah. you're basically trading your first round pick this year or next year instead of a second round pick this year. Yeah, That's a smart move though. Yeah, very smart. I, let's 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 go all in. That's a, a yeah. That's, yeah, if we, that's if we, really good. If we get a good, that, that's probably Ryan Pace's best trade in the Chicago Bears GM, irrespective of. Do you, know, you know what's Do you know what's funny though? Mac Jones is such a Patriots pick, isn't it? And He's, I wonder yeah. what would have happened <laughs> if he went third. I like how I think this is probably why New England weren't trading up. Him and and Beacon next year as well. Now they're going to be a good 
old line combination. Elijah if he plays Tucker. on the... Yeah. Elijah Tucker, five sacks in 900 plays. That's ridiculous. That's outrageous. But that, but that's who was it? That was it. It, it was probably Penesul. I think he had something like seven hundred plays and only gave up like three QB pressures. <laughs> oh my so like, oh like, my goodness! Yeah, Patriots have got to take him, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Where's the dog? Where's the dog? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That they should they should get deducted for that. They should get their. Where's the rest of the team? There's three lads. We've seen like eighty four <laughs> people in the Lions. <laughs> well, that's that's because that's they're the only people that work for the Patriots because it's Bill Belichick <laughs> and his mates. That's it. Yeah. yeah. They're also, not yeah. vaccinated either. They're just like whatever, breaking the rules. No problem. Yeah. The Patriots. That's a terrible draft uh, resume, by the way. Yeah. If you do have a pretty bad draft, like it, like they get the odd good pick. Like obviously the Tom Brady one is ridiculous, but like most years the Patriots don't get that many great draft picks. No. Well, see, they're always picking like thirty first or thirty second anyway, and then so. they trade, and then they trade out. Yeah. Well, this will be the first uh, quarterback that they've selected in the first round since Bledsoe in like ninety two. So to go that go. long without needing to draft a quarterback in the first Here round is go. pretty good. Who's it going to be? It's definitely Matt Jones. Yeah, Matt Jones, the speed in which that pack pick was in, it's got to be Matt Jones. Yeah. So now the question is, do any other quarterbacks get picked in the first round? I don't think you need to. No. <sighs> what, other, what other teams do you think are going to be interested? Like, let's say we talk Maybe about... Maybe the Saints could move a bit for one. Yeah, possibly. I could see the Saints loving Callan Mond or something, something like yeah. that. Yeah, I think Davis Mills and Callan Mond are the two obvious ones that somebody yeah. could do. What about Pittsburgh? I mean, I mean, Washington might take if there's a random QB that's vaguely good sitting in this late second, third round. They might take a shot just to see, just to see if it's a Dak Prescott that can pop out during a during a preseason or during camp. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think the Saints wonder, are close enough toward the end that, as you were saying earlier, Kieran, is it worth just taking that that quarterback at the, you know, at look, the end of the fourth to get that, that extra? Because you're going to be at the end of the second. So yeah, if you really think he's the quarterback that can do a job for you, sure, you're only a few you're only a few picks away from the end of the round anyway. So what's the difference? Just if. If you walk by Mac Jones on the street, you wouldn't know he was a professional quarterback right. in the NFL. You'd think that's a very dressed up spar worker. Yeah. I thought he's on his way to <laughs> he was walking with his suit. <laughs> he's... No, you, de- you definitely think that's like an accountant. Come yeah. no, compare that's a... Compare him to Slater, and it was literally a couple of big spikes. It's like two different sports. And he's hit a team although, right. although we say this, and did Tom Brady look like an NFL quarterback? But that was a different yeah. time. Like, they used to smoke <laughs> cigarettes on the sideline and everything right. when he was. This is true. What was he? he was a sixth round pick, wasn't he? He was, yeah, last pick, yeah. last round, wasn't he? Seven, seven ninety-nine, wasn't he? Yeah. Was he the last pick total? Mm. No, I don't think no, he was. No, it wasn't no. Mr. I think Aranda, he went to 199, I think, or something like that. Yeah, I think yeah, it's around 99. 
that's disappointing. That means that means linebacker Washington. I'm happy with that. Especially Damn. if we go for your man at another game, he's clearly the best, but like the next yeah. linebacker after him is so much further down the rankings right. that I think it's a good pick. This is this is the funniest. Um, so basically Justin Fields is talking to the media, and the best quote here is somebody asked him how he fits into Matt Nagy's offense, and he goes, I think I fit perfectly. If he didn't if he didn't think I fit well, he wouldn't have traded up. Yeah. Yeah, fair point. Well, I think his answer should be I throw a football and he <laughs> throws a football. That's how I fit. All he has to say is I score touchdowns. That's I it. score touchdowns, yeah. So who are we think in Arizona go with now? Well, they pick fast. One. Their pick is in. Is it already? Look at in? him! Look at Mac Jones standing there. He's so awkward. It's been a lovely Do you want fries with that? Is it, is it, is it me? Or does Mac Jones look a little bit drunk? Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. I'm yeah, drunk right now. That, that I would say, I would say absolutely that. <laughs> <laughs> the way he was walking, man. Jeez, that is a quick one. Who? What? Come on, Mac. Be? Real number one. Don't look straight into the camera. That means whoever Arizona wanted fell right to them because they knew straight away. Yeah. Who they were. Who, who's, who's left them? I've completely forgotten <laughs> some of the. Derrishaw. Oh, Derrishaw could be one. Yeah. Jenkins. Kevin Jenkins. Um, who That's else would they need? Morig. Doesn't. They need uh, a cornerback, so they might go Newsom. Yeah, Newsom could yeah, be a really yeah, good option. Yeah, Newsom's a good show. Yeah. So, who starts, Mac Jones or Cam Newton? Cam Newton. I think you. Uh, put, yeah. I, I think if you're smart for any quarterback now, you don't have to play them early on. Yeah. Don't do it because with the way the off season's going to be, we don't know like how they're going to be able to do the different workouts and stuff. So they probably won't have as much time. So I think anyone that has a rookie quarterback, unfortunately for the Jets. And the Jaguars, they're going to have to play the quarterbacks from week one. And I think it's going to suit the teams that don't have to. But look, what can happen is in training camp, they completely outdo the other guys. <laughs> that's, that's, when you have a, that's when you have a problem. That's the benefit, like we said earlier, of not calling your starter from day one. You can make exactly. that yeah. decision last minute if that happens. It's very, it's, yeah, it's very similar to. Um, like I said, I mentioned this to you, Dara, earlier on with Russell Wilson. The uh, the plan initially wasn't to start him from yep. the beginning, and he just he forced it into him. And I think that's the only way. Yeah, it was that final preseason game that won him the job in the end. Yeah, but then so that have- like like Dak won it over preseason. But then Jared Stidham had a great preseason, and when he went, he went into a live action game, he was terrible. So but like, it, well, the difference didn't really Dak win was, it. Dak didn't win it because they said like Romo. Yeah, Tony Romo just got injured like every game. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, Dak stayed in it. He was nearly undrafted. Do you know what I mean? He he climbed up to second on the back of the preseason. And then we had Stidham, who really. Linebacker Zay Collins. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. I haven't seen his name. Anywhere, I don't know who he is. I saw him getting like mocked to like the 20s, not the not this early. So they get him in and also added JJ Watt. That's well, to be fair, their defense was a big problem because like it Kyler was. Murray and kind of with Cliff Kingsbury, they 
do put up quite a lot of points, but defensively they've been terrible. So it makes sense. Oh, here's the Raiders. It's running back. I'm telling you, running back for the Raiders. It's punter. No, yeah. Najee Harris. Najee is Harris. Gone here. Yeah, Najee Harris. Is gone. <laughs> Just have have four really competent running backs. That's the way to yeah. win in the modern NFL. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard nose. It's hard yeah. nose Raiders football. The, the team coached by the quarterback guru has like four running backs. Okay. Or to be to be fair, which third round corner are they gonna draft here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is yeah. I mean, now the big question is who does the Giants take? <sighs> like, given that they got out of where oh, they were, Bateman is a good, yeah, that's a good choice. Erishaw looks like he's still going to be there, unless the, unless the Dolphins go and get him. I think if the Raiders don't get there, saw so they they are stupid. I am saying that. <laughs> Can we not just say that now? Like, do we have to wait? <laughs> like they need him. <laughs> they tra- they literally lost all of their offensive linemen in the right. offseason. So like. Also, coincidentally, I, I wrote a mock draft for the Raiders, and I I gave them Darisaw, so I would I would look smart. Um, <laughs> If that all played out, is so. BYU a small school considered over there or no? It is for an NFL prospect. It's considered a smaller school, okay. um, and yet they have a left tackle coming out as well in Brady Christensen. Who probably gets... prospects are insane this year. Yeah. yeah, super religious as well, right? It's yeah, it's a Mormon Mormon. Yeah. So is it in Utah? Yeah, it's in Utah. Utah ah, okay. is very Mormon. Yes, I watched the Netflix documentary. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would be funny if like the interviewer of of um, Zach Wilson, yeah, um, if think, they were like, hey, did you just want Austin Darius? It's interesting. though, just looking at that uh, Carolina selection. Um, they drafted a linebacker last year in Isaiah Simmons, and he didn't really get any game time. So I wonder what they're going to be doing with see McCollins. the thing is with Isaiah Simmons is I don't know if they think he's a linebacker or a safety, and that's the problem. Yeah. Well, he's class. I'll trade him. He's, bri- for him, he's no brilliant. Problem. He's brilliant, but it's just that's, that's he's that's the guy who the came out thing about when you don't have a position. Yeah, he's yeah. the guy who came out and goes, "What position do you play?" And he said, "Defense." <laughs> Yeah, I'd take to be him. fair, that that is the only answer you can give when you actually don't have a position. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's. But also, these are the top athletes on earth. Like, I I play whatever position my coach tells me to stand in. Like, I'll learn it. They're paying me a hundred million quid. I'll I'll learn whatever position you want me. Or just do a Marshawn Lynch on it and just like football. 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 <laughs> I just, I just hear so I don't yeah. get fined. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be so Raiders that they missed their time? The no, no, no. I'm telling you, they're gonna pick like some random corner, Caleb Farley or something like that. They trade no, him. He's a, he's, got... He has a first round grade, so it's not gonna oh. be. Oh, it has to be the second <laughs> round. Who's, who's, got, who's got the first pick of the second round? The Jaguars. 
Jim. They trade. They trade out for that. <laughs> they trade down to the second round. No, it's just, like, it's just like a direct exit. <laughs> Jaguars trade up to take Najee Harris. <laughs> yeah, and then take at twenty-five, they take a lineman. To be fair, that would actually be a pretty good move for the Jaguars to it take. It would be, and it'd be Najee classic because <laughs> putting Clemson and Alabama together. No. Uh, It'd be very interesting if they took Travis Etienne to give, um, mm. to give him his running back. But I doubt that happens. I'd say they go wide receiver. I don't know why, but I put Najee Harris over Etienne. I mean, I know a lot of oh, people I, do, I, but I, I don't I, know. It depends what you want to do. If you want a pass catcher, you have Etienne in there. But yeah. if you want kind of a bruise and running back, you have Harris. Najee Harris reminds me a lot of um, oh Jesus, your man of the Titans. I've completely blanked his name. Derrick Henry? Henry? Derrick yeah. Henry, yes. <laughs> Just a lot smaller. <laughs> Just a lot smaller. But nobody nobody is Derrick Henry size. But in yeah. terms of oh. just running over people. We have someone that may not be okay, so he's about to fall over. But again, a bit like us about 20 minutes ago, or I didn't even know if it was 20 minutes ago. It could have been an hour ago at this stage. It's about three hours ago. Like I <laughs> Look at this. The Raiders so are selecting. The Raiders are selecting Alabama offensive tackle Alex Letterwood. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Told you. Yeah. Second, no second one round. Grade. He's like a third round draft. Yeah. And Darius. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, this is what I was Darisaw saying guy. from the start, guys. Like <laughs> this is what I was saying from the start that there's gonna be offensive tackles that we have in the second round that'll get in the first round. Yeah. Because the problem, and I've I said this earlier in terms of Darisaw, is there's times that like he jogs on plays and yeah. guys won't like that. And there was there was one game in particular, I think it was against Boston College, that he got like done by a corner. Like that's that's one thing people won't like. And Tevin Jenkins could fall just because of that whole thing that people thinking he may not be like one of these guys that loves football and I'm just really- doesn't. We should have predicted if anyone was going to pick a guy that was on the lower end of the first round, it would be the Raiders. No, like I I definitely had Alex Leatherwood as someone I would have targeted at 52 for the Bears. I didn't think, I didn't think he, I don't think he's a first round pick. He's that, I don't even think possibly he's a tackle in the NFL. I think he's, he's definitely not a left tackle. I don't think Mm. he's probably right tackle and then. Early on, he probably pushes into guard. They have him again, at guards here. Yeah, but then again, isn't it? Didn't the Raiders like release their whole offensive line? Oh yeah, they did. Yep. So, yeah, they, so we should have. I known mean, this we we called we called line. We just didn't call Him. which second rounder they were going to take. Yeah, <laughs> we thought they might go for a first rounder. <laughs> How do you not, Darashaw or Jenkins? Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like to be honest, yeah. Washington at this point should probably just take a tackle and be done with it. Yeah, just in case, especially if your man Sheriff won't sign a contract. Like, but look, even if even if he doesn't, right? What you do is you take your tackle and you trade him. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, if Sheriff won't sign a contract, right. you get it. You get a first rounder talent tackle that you weren't expecting. One of the top end guys and you either grow him behind sheriff for two years like franchise tag him again next year or you trade him and get a whole lot of picks yeah next you could season. pull a, a ravens with orlando brown exactly yeah. yeah 
I like that. Yeah. He's happy. He gets out think, in Vegas for the think, next four years. Do you think oh, if Derek we did that? Right it's got to be. Do you think if we did that, the linebacker, uh, Owusu Karamoa, would fall all the way to the second round that we get him as well? Or is he way too like, highly ranked to fall that far? I don't know when we pick in the second round, but... I think he's too good. I think he goes the end of the first. Yeah. Ian Rappaport. The Raiders came into the draft hoping to get an offensive tackle, but fall to them. At number 17, it's Alabama. Letterwood. A surprise is an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not not a surprise when it comes to the Raiders. Like we said, they constantly go for it. Like, even remember last year, they picked... What was it? Henry Ruggs when CD Lamb was still on the board and was Jerry Judy on the board as well at the time? I think. Yeah, I think they picked yeah. the number one, like the number team. one of those, didn't they? Yeah, they were trying. They were trying to uh, copy the Chiefs and having the kind of Tyree Kill style wide receiver. Right, right. And speaking of the Chiefs, Jake, what what are you hoping that the Chiefs kind of do in the draft this year? What am I hoping? Yeah. Um. Uh. Wide receiver, hopefully, Diami Brown. Although it sounds like he he might be a late first round pick or early second round pick. Um, they they definitely need wide receiver too. And then, honestly, next best player available besides that, ideally a corner and an edge rusher. But if there's a great, yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say interior defensive lineman. A, ta- a nose tackle or someone like that. I'm just thinking back to the Super yeah. Bowl where, he, like, yeah. pressure inside was something that you guys were missing a little bit. 